Brzezinski was the strategist for Jimmy Carter and convinced Jimmy Carter to say, look, uh, the Russians are dominating uh, Afghanistan with a civilian secular government. Let's create al-Qaeda. Let's uh, back Osama bin Laden and give his supporters weapons to begin fighting the Russians, and uh, we can pull a coup d'etat there, and uh, the Russians will fight back, and then we'll say the Russians invaded. And it worked. Saudi Arabia made a deal with America that they would push the Wahhabi uh, extremists, uh, the Al-Qaeda, the most right-wing wing of Islamic parties, and it worked. Uh, essentially, Al-Qaeda is a contract army uh, for the United States. Well, the same thing was happening in, in Russia. What Brzezinski wrote was that America's faced with a possibility of not being able to rule the world unilaterally. Any country's economic ability to be self-sufficient means uh, a potential military power. And in order to prevent any country from threatening America militarily, you have to prevent it from developing economically. Uh, the American nightmare, Brzezinski wrote, was that Russia would get together with Germany and with Western Europe, creating Russian raw materials, German industry, and somehow, finally, Russia would become westernized. Uh, America, uh, under Brzezinski's uh, strategy, said this would be a disaster because if Russia's westernized, if it becomes democratic, if... if uh, uh, Europe and Russia are prosperous, then we cannot control them anymore, and they will have no reason to be NATO. We've got to stop Russia, and the place to stop this Russian-European uh, conglomeration is to split it right at the border uh, down Ukraine. Let's do in Ukraine what uh, we did in Afghanistan. Let's uh, back the crazies. Well, most of them are uh, the, the former uh, neo-Nazi groups that have been uh, uh, so prominent that fly the Nazi flag. Welcome to the Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Wednesday, November 16th, 2022, I have got a fantastic show planned for you for many different reasons. That opening clip, as I've seen before, we played it before. I've played it for many different reasons. Today, it just really ties in everything we're going to be talking about, about the history, where we are now, where it's going. And it is just, I mean, and, and everything we're going to be talking about today is rooted in absolutely provable evidence. Now, today, the show is going to be focused entirely on uh, for a, maybe a few small side points on what just happened in regard to Poland, Ukraine, Russia, what happened right before it that seems to be not being talked about. And again, where this seems to be going. And we're going to get into the information here and we're going to break down what we can prove, what they're saying, what they're saying that can clearly be shown not to be the accurate information and then why I think this is all happening. But joining me today for a special surprise for everybody, I'm really excited to have this show today because I really love the rapport with this person. Joining me today is Steve from Slow News Day, from AM Wake Up and probably lots of other things. How are you today, brother? What's happening, man? I'm really good. It's good to be here. Thanks for yeah. having me. Absolutely. So Steve's going to be playing the uh, second mic today for the show. So as, as I told him before we got started, I'm, make sure you poke in with your comments because I'll just keep going because <laughs> you guys know how I do this. So yeah, just please jump in with anything you have to say because we're going to dissect this stuff. So yeah, this is going to be fun. It is. I mean, you know, anything you want to say before we get started about, you know, just kind of glean points about what this all is or anything you want to jump into just right out of the gate? 
no, I I think I think it'll be I think it'll be more worthwhile to just go through it as it comes because we've all I I think kind of had the same more or less overall viewpoints on where 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 we got to where we are now mm-hmm. and uh certainly a lot of the things that have happened over the last what nine months now almost nine months um we've talked about when uh you're kind enough to come by on the am wake up every tuesday uh so let's just kind of jump into it absolutely and, and this i i will say this um uh, when Joe Biden got elected, I, I did say that I thought that things would uh, only get more absurd mm-hmm. post-Trump, and they certainly have. Uh, I and, agree with <laughs> and it is uh, it, uh, the absurdity is starting to turn into the macabre. It's getting a little weird. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, and sometimes you really do just in a macabre way have to kind of laugh at you know, it's it's just absurd, not laughing at the sadness or the pain, but laughing at just how ridiculous and how obvious it is. I mean, that's one of the things that I'm going to say for this all is just, it's it's just and I actually think that's why some of this has shifted, which we'll get into that. I think that they're very aware that they're like, wow, people are just don't listen to us anymore. <laughs> They've lost that control over the narrative to a large degree. So let's let's jump right into it. I've got only a few things I want to say before we get into everything else. I just thought this was interesting to share with people that I was I mentioned on the show the other day that we have millions of followers and I can prove it. It's just you don't see it with all the different, you know, organization. I thought this was interesting, not even necessarily the show listens, because that's usually, you know, repeated people. And it's only a fraction of our audience that's on the podcast. But check this out in general. There were over three point three million listens in general on the show. But this was the point I really wanted to show, which I thought was really interesting. I don't know why this cuts it off. Look, at, just if you look at the breakdown of the views, over 300,000 from the UK, and just look at the countries, 20,000 here, 20,000 there, just worldwide. You know what I mean? I think that's pretty damn cool. Even if it's a few hundred, you know, listeners in Granada, Bahamas, Bermuda, Bermuda Venezuela. And I think a lot, of, a lot of us are like this today. But I really want to show people how, what that means. And I'm sure Slow News Day and AM Wake Up similar, that we're reaching people all the way around the world, which is just really important to realize. So I want to make sure we shout that out. Yeah, no, it's bad. We've had people call into the show from Brazil. We've got, Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a pretty international guest base too. So that helps in terms, and so do you. And that that definitely helps in terms of uh, getting this, you know, this kind of perspective out to people who wouldn't ordinarily even go for it. Vanessa Beely is fantastic for that. She has uh, a very, very broad international following. Every time she's on, uh, we definitely get new people in from different parts of the world. Um, and it's just, I'd, Adam, Adam Curry says it a lot. Like it's the best possible time in the world to be a podcaster. It's but true. It's true. It really is. They used it to really belittle is. this. I mean, like I, I laugh about the mainstream media acting like anything on YouTube is a joke and then like desperately trying to push into that scene once that didn't work on people. You know, it's just pretty obvious that they were trying to poo poo on the thing that they saw was overtaking what they are. Now, next, I wanted to shout out uh, Derek's recent article that I thought was really, I just really want to give credit for, you know, the work he's doing on the ground, real time in, you know, investigatory work, confronting people like this. He confronted CIA director, John Brennan. And, and I just recommend you watch for yourself to see exactly what this is. It's important. These people get called out. I also want to shout out my recent show with uh, Clint from Liberty Lockdown. Really just enjoyed the conversation. He's a great guy, and I just hope you'll check it out. The podcast will be on for everybody tomorrow. Now, to jump right into this, right in the beginning. Now, here's where I want to start with this, Steve. People seem to forget 
that the first, so the way this all started going back like a day before this whole Poland conversation started was they ever, they claimed that Russia attacked Kiev. Right. And mm-hmm. that was never proven. So just so we're clear about that, the Russia denies that we'll get into that as we go forward. There was no, uh, the only thing that proved this was that it was Ukraine saying that's what happened. Just like every other story that's been shown large, many of them, most of them to be actual lies and false information. So that's the first place to start on, on this because the first argument after that it was just Russia bombing Poland was, oh, well, it was one of Russia's wayward missiles that accidentally went away. But that is all rooted in the fact that this first happened. See, that this is where it's important to start because this is where the illusion begins in this little part of it, in my opinion. So first, Russia urges UN chief to prevent Kiev's dirty bomb provocation. Oh, actually, excuse me. I'm, I'm talking about this in, re- in general. But before we get to that, the, the, this and the bombing of, of, U- of Kiev. But before we get there, apologies, I forgot I sh- shoved this in there. This is one step before that. And then I just want to remind people this conversation. And this was like two days before all this started. Russia was talking about the Kiev dirty bomb conversation. Right. So it's interesting that all this kicks off right after that. The Russian uh, permanent representative of the U.N. Uh, sent a letter to Secretary General of the organization uh, Guterres in which he said that Moscow would regard the use of a dirty bomb in Kiev's regime if it happens as an act of nuclear terrorism. Right. So that was what was going along. Now, all of these terms and comments and framing has all been kind of jumped and dumped on Russia at this point. Nuclear terrorism, even in regard to what, what just happened from the U.N. So I think that's an interesting kind of shove into that direction. So that, I just want to start with that first point, which brings us to what happened in Kherson city, right? So that's all this all before the Poland and even Kiev. So Ukraine retakes Kherson as advances over Russian forces continue. So this is, this is November 11th. So this is important to understand that what ultimately happened was Russia, you could, depending on how you look at this, either lost in, in, the, in the skirmishes that were going on or chose to strategically retreat, maybe both, right? Either way, Russia did retreat, pull back and they put they pushed into Kherson. Now, of course, this is framed as a win, right? We defeated Russia is kind of the way it's already going. It's the end of the war. Even that's even what Zelensky said. This is the beginning of the end of the war, which I, is ridiculous in my opinion. But the point was they this happened. And then when they pushed in, remember, and we'll go through it. They were saying all these Russian atrocities. Look at all the stuff that happened. All the same things we saw in Bucha, which except that Bucha was proven to be they lied about it. Right. We saw the satellite imagery and everything. So what I think is important is to show that this happened right before this. And then very quickly was shown to actually be Ukrainian people killing Russian soldiers and other people that were there. Maybe one of the reasons why this so quickly happened, the argument, we'll see. So (laughs) it says, in the end, the Russian occupation of the East Bank of Kherson simply evaporated. And what I find interesting about this is that it very clearly argues in this that Russian forces pulled back independently. And then after that, Ukraine pushed in. But the way they frame it is as if it was some kind of glorious battle where they just won out in, you know, it's interesting the way they frame this. A little over two days after Sergei, commander of the Russian forces in Ukraine and Russian defense minister Sergei Suguo, so bad at their names, announced the withdrawal of Russian forces east of the Dinpro River in southern Ukraine. A strategically important city that had previously anchored the Russian defense north of Kherson City was liberated by the Ukrainian military. Now, again, the framing of that, which you'll see, seems interesting. Did they liberate it or did they simply just take over territory Russia left behind? You know, that's that's not the same thing. You know what I mean? Well, okay, so maybe it's like one of those things where for a while it is a uh, a health research facility. But yeah, then right, right. when the <laughs> right. Russians cross the threshold into the building itself, it becomes a fully functional operational chemical and biological weapons manufacturing factory. 
Yeah, it's, right. it's just the narrative flip, right? It can be whatever they want it to be, depending on who's in control. It's, a, it's good when we have it, bad when they have it. You know, it's, it's right? silly. We liberated the territory. Did you have to? It's like they, they do kind of frame it as if they were, you know, standing outside the gates of Curson, banging on shields for three days. Right, right, yeah. right. Well, to be clear, there were skirmishes happening in the area. But the point was, apparently, and even Yahoo News reports this, that at some point, and I do argue that Russia and even their comments are saying essentially that this was, you know, a, a, a choice, but based on the fact that they weren't succeeding in this area. But the way that it's being framed is kind of an interesting one. And it says under the cover of darkness on Thursday night. See, this is the point. So there wasn't a battle going on. Russia quietly skipped away, maybe because they were losing in this area, but it wasn't some win out fight. The Russian military blew up all of the remaining bridges across the river in an apparent effort to stop Ukrainian liberators from chasing after them, you know, or liberators. just a militarily strategic smart move when you're in the middle of the war, <laughs> you know, but they, they frame it as interesting. And it goes on to say, as dawn broke on Friday, so the very next day, so very big gap between when they left and then Ukraine military pressed their advance. <laughs> So they just took over empty territory, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the important part. So we're going to pretend that Russia, first of all, is going to leave all this behind, not as they're being chased, but as they choose to leave and leave like a 12-hour period, and they leave a bunch of atrocities for everybody to find, right? That sure makes well, sense. Well, let's, let's also note that, and this has been uh, reported everywhere but the U.S. press, yeah. uh, the Russian military was giving everyone who lived there uh, ample time if they wanted to, to evacuate. I mean, as whatever right. ample time passes for in wartime, I, I guess I should be, you know, it's not like they had a month or so yeah. sorted out. But um, I, had, I remember seeing 150,000 people had split. It's not as if the Russian military also in blowing a couple of bridges just did that and then packed up and got out of town. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the and people did choose to stay and people got uh, well tortured as a result of it. Um, right. And I mean, we have, so I have some video clips actually to show what has happened to both individuals, but as well as the supposed apprehended. Russian soldiers that were executed. It's, it's yeah. I can show you the video. It's horrifying. But what's interesting, though, is that you know we can see the 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 like a juxtaposition of the events that aren't actually what they the way that they frame this step by step is just not the way it actually went down. And the reason that's so important here is as it leads into the bigger story of Poland and Kiev. It's we're catching them in real time right now, in real time, where they are saying both the media. And Zelensky, even at this point, that in the beginning, it was Russian attack on Poland. The media blindly reported that, and then suddenly the story changes. So however you want to talk about that, we're catching them in real time, proving that they just toe the line without evidence or, or lie knowing it's the opposite. There's only two ways to look at it. You know what I there mean? There were Russian soldiers with Viagra anyway. Right, we've right. got breaking news out yeah. of somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So it says Kirsten had it annexed, had been annexed. And I love this one. Include this because it's this, this is why you should immediately realize that these kind of outlets don't have the truth in mind, because this is such a ridiculous lie. Not whether it's pro one side or the other. It's just a fact. That's the facts are not aligned with one side or the other. It says Kirsten has been annexed by the Russian Federation in late September after the Kremlin falsely claimed that 87 percent of the Oblast population voted to return to Russia. You know, so we'll ignore the hundreds of international observers and multiple independent journalists and just trust that Yahoo just knows that because u.s government said you know or ukraine said that's there's no citation there so there's no proof you know the point is as you know 
as plenty of people have pointed out, that's just a blatant lie. It's not even worth, you know, it's just frustrating to see that they keep towing that line. It's like always pointing out Syria chemical attacks and keep saying that even though they've all roundly been shown to be manipulations at the very least. Now, it goes on to say Russian state media, TASS, TASS, however you want to say that, claimed that more than 30,000 Russian servicemen and about 5,000 weapons and pieces of military equipment were evacuated to the Russian-controlled East Bank and that no casualties were incurred in the withdrawal. So again, just pointing out that they had time to remove all of their equipment and to completely withdraw with no casualties, but they happened to leave all of their crimes and that it was a, a win and a big victory over there. You know, it just, it's just so silly how obvious this is. So that's the first part. If you have any comments, go ahead on just anything else. We'll jump to the next one. No, I mean, it is, it, it's just, it's so heavy handed at this point. And I, and this I is know, before everything, this is before yeah. Poland, before everything. And it's just so clearly driving in a narrative. Well, and because, and I think that I, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit more, but there have been a number of times just in the last eight and a half months where the narrative has been debunked in real time where a couple of false flags may have been prevented. You and I have talked about this in relation to uh, to the whole Corona narrative, where independent media helped play a part in shutting down a number of different things Absolutely. that uh, that were trying to be pushed at the time. It, it's, I think that's it, why this is happening, truly. I yeah, and, and I think we, we talked about this uh, yesterday uh, on the morning show, uh, about you know what the internet actually can be used as a force for good, and it, mm-hmm. we do understand going into it that it is a DARPA product, but we also would not be able to do what we do with you know in a different at least in this capacity. Um, and it's it doesn't necessarily come down to what you're holding in your hand, whether or not it starts out as a weapon. It's how you use it, mm-hmm. you know. It, right, so right. I don't exactly. know. I'm, I, th- I think it's been an incredibly powerful thing over the last, especially with this conflict. It's undeniable. And I, I genuinely agree with you. I, I genuinely think that the media, whether COVID or Ukraine or right now, the, the independent media, that's why we're watching this breakdown in front of us in real time, because it did not it did not land like it's obvious. Now, he, here's the next part that Dan, I just want to show Dan's tweet because that's where I first saw it. Kiev has banned CNN and other media from reporting in Kherson, which is actually the truth. Regardless of, you know, whether it's on RT or not, I mean, this did happen and Ukraine bans US and UK media outlets from Kherson. Now, we already know why, Steve, because we played this on your show the other day, but the Ukrainian military says it has removed accreditation of several foreign local journalists for reporting without permission in the city of Kherson, which, okay, this is important because this is where they claim they took over and found all these atrocities, right? So, and that's important because they don't want people covering this just like in Bucha. We proved that I have, I mean, look, I'll play it again right now since I still have it right here. This is undeniable. They were dragging these bodies into place. And then that's the image that we saw on the news. And they claim that they were, what, demining bodies from 10 feet away? It's, it's a ridiculous joke. Невероятно храбрые, самые лучшие войны этого мира в военнослужащей украинской армии. Now you can see the picture at the top left. That's the actual picture from the New York Times. It's exactly where the bodies ended up. Невероятно храбрые. Any case, I've played that a million times on the show. The point is that it's we have that evidence. They just go, well, excuse. <laughs> so everybody dis- disregards it. It's like, well, no, that excuse doesn't even land. There's I have military people speaking to me going, God, Ryan, that's ridiculous. They're like 10 feet away. Like, I actually did this in Iraq. That's ridiculous. You know, whatever. It's it's un- it's absurd to pretend you're going to have a cable and you're dragging bodies from 10. Anyway, the, the point is obvious. And so the point is here. 
that were pretend they're pretending they did the same thing. But the moment that media started appearing, they pushed them away. It says recently, some media representatives carried out professional activities in the city of Kherson, even before the completion of stabilization measures, <laughs> whatever that means in the hands of neo-Nazis and fascists. If it, if, if it, it accused the journalist of ignoring existing prohibitions and warnings, and they, they actually pulled the credentials. Now you can see, the reason right here. And we talked about this. This is what <laughs> CNN apparently accidentally caught. Oops. Here we go. We saw, we, we talked about this on your show. I just, oh. Here it comes. Hailing a cab, right? Mm-hmm. That's Steve joke, by the way. <laughs> you know, I mean, look at that. I mean, it's just silly. And so very quickly, obviously, they're like, ah, we can't show the truth. I mean, that's how I see it. But either way, the point is they kick the media out. OK, so just follow along with us here, guys, because the timeline is important. OK, so they kick the media out of the area. OK, Zelensky, liberation of Kherson is the beginning of the end. This is this is November 15th. Now, it says here, Mr. Zelensky is accusing Russian forces of having committed the same atrocities as the other regions of our country. Pretty easy lie. Same thing. <laughs> just do narrative from before. Do it again. Right. Before they were forced to pull out from the strategic southern city. Right. Forced. You see the point? They didn't work forced. They, you could argue that they were pressured out from strategic you know, failures, but they had a 12, you know, an hour's window. I'm, it sounds like about a 12 hour window before when they moved and they pushed in. In his nightly yeah. video address on Sunday, Mr. Zelensky said that, quote, investigators have already documented more than 400 Russian war crimes and the bodies of both civilians and military personnel have been found. Now, I mean, I, there's no citation. This is just what Zelensky said. And you're telling me you have 400 war crimes in the matter of what? How long has this been? Like two days, I mean, it seems like a hard thing to rectify, but who knows? In the Kherson region, the Russian army left behind the same atrocities as in the other regions of our country. We will find and bring to justice every murderer without a doubt. The end of Russia's eight-month occupation of Kherson City has sparked days of celebration, but also exposed a humanitarian emergency. With residents living without power and water and short of food and medicines, Russia still controls about 70% of the Kherson region. Right, so wait a minute now, is that is that... You know, they're framing this as if they just like won everything. They Anyway, 70 yeah. percent is interesting. But so the emergency part of it is what comes into the idea of what they did. This talks about the Kiev bombing and the attacks on the infrastructure. Now, first of all, from a military perspective, when you're in the middle of a war doing that from like if the U.S. was bombing like they have many times or, you know, blockading Yemen infrastructure or, or bombing them or blocking their their um, their ports. It's, they, it's, it's a strategic move, but when Russia does it, it's terrorism in the middle of a war. Yeah. You know, it's it, like your point from before, that's just hypocrisy. Easily. Well, we did this, in, the, not we, but the CIA did this in, it documented in Guatemala and Honduras. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's when, when Venezuela lost power what, a couple right. of years ago under Trump, uh, they went and openly bragged about it. Elliot Abrams, and I know we're getting a little off topic. I'm oh, it's sorry. okay. But Elliot Abrams like came out and openly stated, oh, yeah, no, we control the power. We do what we want. If we want it dark, it's going to be dark. And But, you know, what's funny about that same point is at the same time, there were other people arguing, well, look, that's because Venezuela is bad at managing their government. (laughs) That's what they always do. We'll attack Iran and then blame them for what happens. You know, it's same thing. But it's important. to Elliot Abrams is an important point to show the overlap of how this is what left, right, Trump, Biden. You know, it's all the same stuff. And it's the same thing we're dealing with here. Now, it goes on to say that the soldiers who left behind with their military command. Oh, Mr. Zelensky said Russian soldiers who were left behind when their military commanders abandoned the city last week. See, they're even in the, in the same article. They're contradicting. So were they forced out or did they abandon? You know, it says that uh, we're being detained. 
Now we'll show you how they're detained in the next in the next video we're going to show. But so it's interesting how they say that, even though there's been evidence roundly of them stating on the record that they'll take out everybody, anybody, even civilians, if they work with Russia, but they're going to detain the soldiers. I mean, it's just it's everything about this is so flatly obvious. It's such a lie. He also spoke again without details of the neutralization of saboteurs, <laughs> which they, they have spoken out outwardly or openly about assassinating bloggers, killing people because they say the wrong thing, tying civilians to lampposts because they dare to question. I mean, we've seen all this. It's everywhere. There's right? so a, a civilian and foreign civilian and journalist kill list. Exactly. As as Eva Bartlett and Vanessa Bealy have pointed out, as I, I know that all of them are on it, right? Wyatt, Lancaster. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all it's all there with children, apparently, right, too? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, horrific. Yeah. It's horrific. Yeah. And Roger Waters for <laughs> some reason. Crazy. Uh Tulsi Gabbard there, know. made yeah. the list. I think Tucker Carlson made the list. Yeah, it's and 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 they've referenced that that's been associated with actions that were taken, you know. But it's just these are narratives that just get flat ignored by the media mainstream because they just don't want to report it. You know is, what this is? This this particular article. This is a Ben Shapiro podcast. There's so much, yeah, spinning around all at once, and it's moving so fast that it's hard to even refute one point. Because you've got seven more just utter fabrications or manipulations of reality that have gone between that and, hey, wait, hang on. Yeah. And and that's and that's a an ex that's a, a lesson in propaganda. You know what I mean? Like, and that, you're right. It's a good. It's a, a way that they can keep it. Like, so you can't really attack one of them without being drawn into this on like multifaceted. You know, it's impossible almost unless you go from point to point and let them. Because you, when you're arguing with somebody, you never really get to do that. Like, flesh out the one point, and that's kind of the idea. You just become the conspiracy theorist, and there's all these scapegoats and straw men. You know that that's how it always works in those conversations. But yeah. next point, it says Ukrainian police have called on residents to help identify people who collaborated with Russian forces. <laughs> Same thing. So we're in a weird, murky statement. We're neutralizing saboteurs and then tell us who they are. You know, it's, it's pretty transparent what's happening here because all the evidence is there. OK, so we've established that they're rounding up people, both both military <laughs> left and civilians, and that they're claiming that they committed all these atrocities. Now, this is right before the next thing started. Before we get to that, here's just a video of another prisoner execution by the Ukrainians. Now, it's important to understand Ukraine issues warning to citizens, beware of those wearing red, meaning you know that there's an overlap with red and white, mostly Russians using red or white, and the Ukrainians using yellow and now blue, as I understand it, on their armbands, which, by the way, seems strange to me. It seems like we're in a video game now. Like, this just seems like, you know, some kind of team game or something. I've never seen, like, that happening on both sides in a war in the history, unless I'm misremembering. It's, but. it's Tron, but without the bikes yet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Right, exactly. But here's <laughs> a video of, the, of people with white, or excuse me, with, uh, with red armbands, right? And then their hands tied behind their back, like we've already proven is a Ukrainian thing that they've even admitted to. And the point is, these are just soldiers that are strewn about in the area we're talking about. Another site of prisoner execution by Ukrainians. The blood flow from the dead body stops fast. They're, I mean, I don't know why they're even saying that, but the point is simply that they're just saying that to say they were probably shot in that. They're, they're subjectively pointing out what they think. Regardless, it's obvious. And there's another video I'll show you next where you can even see Ukrainians in the video shooting people on the ground, including Russians. All right. So here's the next one. It's actually attached to the same video. And and by the way, I forgot to say, sorry for it's a family show, so graphic warning, guys, if you got children watching. So you'll see the, the certain the bands 
white. And then and then and then you'll see as they start shooting him. Watch. See? At first I thought at first I saw that guy and said, Well, that doesn't make sense. I thought he looked like he was part of it, but then they shoot him, right? And and you can see, and the classic thing of shooting him in the leg, like they've already talked about, they brag about all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. I mean, my God. And you can see the bands on them are blue and right there. See? So I mean, there's no misunderstanding what we're looking at here, guys. These are these are prisoners of war being shot and executed. This is a war crime. There's no way around this, right? And so the point is that they're just continuing to hype the idea that that's what the other side is doing, which is usually how this goes. Now, this brings us to the first part of the uh, alleged attacks on Kiev, right? Because remember, that's where this first happened. And then we get into the, I guess, wayward missile they first tried to argue hit Poland. Mm-hmm. Now, the Daily Mail reported on the 15th, Putin brings darkness to Ukraine. Now, remember, this is not verified at this point. Just like the things we're going to talk about with Poland. They just toe the line. This is what Ukraine said. Russia denies it. And there's no evidence to say otherwise other than videos of stuff. But that doesn't mean we can't say that that was Russia or somebody else or or rather Ukraine or somebody else. The point is it's unresolved. It could be either. But the problem is they just happily toe that line. But what's interesting to me is that when you look at everything, that this doesn't seem to line up with, first of all, what they might use, but also there is no strategic benefit to doing this. And remember that they, from the very beginning, they've wanted this to be an insurgency based on the way they framed it, even wrote about it as an insurgency before it started, because I, they wanted Putin, in my opinion, to take over the country so they could fight from within, like with a Syria kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what they're talking about. And so what happened, I argue, is that Putin didn't take the bait. And so he did what he's doing over there. And because remember, right in the beginning, the day this began, there was reports of tanks rolling into Kiev. Remember that? Yes, it didn't happen. That's the very clearly didn't happen. So that was because I think they were already thinking that was the narrative. So, again, we have the idea that he's going to bomb all the way into Kiev for no reason, just to give them the excuse they need to justify. You see what I mean? And so, Mm. sure, it's possible. But what do you think about that? Well, they've been trying to set up the entire Ukraine-Russia situation as Syria part two, Syria, Syria in colder weather. Yeah, exactly. and that's I. They they've trotted out almost all of the exact same narratives. The white helmets are opening branch offices up there. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's ridiculous. Uh, Vanessa Beely's talked about that. Um, so stupid. The, uh, the I mean, to almost a person, or at least the JV team of for the prior administration that orchestrated the Maidan coup. All back in the saddle again. They got the band back together. And now they're using at least Ukraine. At the very least Ukraine. And you can make arguments in a lot of different directions about Russia. But as the ground zero for where Europe is going to introduce the fourth industrial revolution and Great Reset. All of that technology, with the help of Elon Musk, has been brought into this particular uh, this, you know, particular phase of the conflict. And and don't forget how silly it is to argue that in the middle of an invasion, fending off an invasion, that you suddenly managed to meet all of the pillars of the Great Reset and the four like that's they were the first country to reach all the sustainable goals and all this. You know, and, and while setting up reasons. while setting up enough servers so that FTX can process yes. your payments and turn your crypto into fiat so that you can take that money and buy guns with it. Right now, don't forget, I don't have anything like uh, specific about FTX in here, but we'll get to the point where it bring and there's lots to make sure we tie that in throughout this, because I was going to make a point toward the end about why 
we see the money still flowing, right? We can get into that in general, but don't the FTX thing is very important to all this just because it's obvious that there was, you know, dishonest, illegal investment and from multiple part, not just the left. In this case, it's very clear that Biden's family is tied up in this, but it's we I have I mean, here I'll, I'm not going to play the whole thing. But, you know, here's Lindsey Graham in Ukraine promoting the same exact thing right before this all started. I mean, we and it was he's with McCain at the time. If I can grab it real quick, wherever that is. Oh, it's at the top. That's right. See, I'm ahead of myself right here. Нашого народу і нашої держави. І я як президент і як верховний головнокомандувач хочу подякувати кожного з вас. I admire the fact that you will fight for your homeland. Yeah, I don't even want to watch the whole thing. You know, so it's just classic. You know, it, obviously this overlaps the parties and we just hopefully can see that by and large. But yeah, but the, the whole FDX thing I think is really important because it shows you that the laundering of money throughout all of this, which both parties benefit from. But uh, ba- back to this, Putin brings darkness to Ukraine, right? So again, the argument that he just bombs relentlessly into Kiev. New blitz of hundreds of missiles leaves Kiev and other cities without power. So that's the point of the infrastructure, right? So if he didn't, if they didn't even bomb Kiev, the whole argument seems that they, this is a, a, an entire setup to blame this on Russia. And maybe, I, I don't know why it broke off into Poland. Maybe that was actually a mistake by Ukraine. Who knows? But all of it's just being dumped on the feet of Russia without any evidence, which is always how this goes. Hours after Zelensky addressed Lavrov at the G20 and called on him to end the war. Oh, is that what he said? Calls for peace. No, he basically made a bunch of demands about retreat and leaving everything and letting us take back everything that's ours and then peace, right? <laughs> it's just silly. Like, so we're going to let it, they take back Donbass and continue to murder people. Peace, right? You know, it's just silly the way they frame this. Well, they, I guess in their in their mind, they think if Russia tried to denazify the Donbass, we have no choice but to renazify. The, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so, so samesies, fairsies, or something like that. I don't, I don't really know how the treaties are drawn up uh, over there. But it's, it's meaningless at this point, I and mean, especially with the G twenty. I mean, everyone in that ent- that entity. Are con- I mean, they don't. It's obvious. Everything that comes out of that is one minded. It's a, it's the same agenda, you know, so it's I don't believe there's any kind of debate going on there where it's like, should we do this or that? It's all just towing the line. I mean, obviously, to say you just have to give up everything and release what you claim you did and with legal votes just because he says that will mean peace. Well, you know what else would mean peace if Zelensky just stopped and allowed the legal referendums to take place? And Russia, I mean, Russia's already maintained that they're essentially, that's, that's what they're taking. The, the Kherson area, Donbass, and Crimea was already theirs based on their choices as entities to join Russia. So if that stopped right there, they'd be over. But For, if, go ahead. For the last several years, we, we've talked to people who have gone and either lived in the Donbass or went and done a lot of work in the Donbass prior to all of this happening. And one of the most recurring threads is we just want to do whatever we, you know, what we're already doing, which is just sort of living without being shot at. It's mm-hmm. those guys that are over there that are shooting at us. If they went away, we would continue to go about doing what we're doing. We're not, it was, you know, old people and really young people that were doing any kind of shooting back in the Donbass part and like elderly women and stuff. There are the, I, most of the people get along regardless of whether or not they're Ukrainian or Russian. They're cousins. They refer to each other that way. The animosity comes from bankers and predatory you know, members uh, of an imaginary ruling elite. Mm-hmm. 
who need to squeeze a little bit more money and a little bit more power. It, the people left to their own devices would not be doing this to each other. I agree with that, actually, other than the people that I think have been radicalized and brought into Ukraine as now seen as Ukraine. But that's not necessarily the case. A lot of these people came from other locations. And regardless, the people that are on that side are, are shown. I mean, their ideology is is is, is disgusting. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, there's no denying what they're what they're. And this is the point, though, that they're outwardly saying these things. So when they act, act like you should give back the Donbass, that's not that these people don't think they should exist. You want here? Here's an example of that, and this is what the translation actually said. This has been roundly proven. This is on uh, the, the this is a on the media. This this individual associated with the government was saying this. And he's a journalist, I believe. Вот ви спитали, як так може бути? Так може бути тому, що Донбас взагалі регіон, який ну це не просто депресивний регіон. Розумієте, там настільки великий комплекс таких грона проблем, і головніше, наприклад, тому, що там Просто дика кількість абсолютно непотрібних людей. Ви конов... Повірте, я абсолютно свідомо про це говорю. От якщо брати навіть чисто Донецьку область, там приблизно 4 мільйони населення. Що не менше мільйона півтора, там просто зайвих людей. Нам не треба розуміти Донбас, нам треба розуміти взагалі український національний інтерес. А Донбас треба просто використати як ресурс. Відповідно з приводу розуміння Донбасу. Мені здається, що ну, в мене немає зрозуміння жодного рецепту, що тут можна зробити швидко. Але, найголовніше, що треба зробити в даний момент, як це там жорстоко не призвучить, є певний категорій людей, яких треба просто вбити. Now the point there is that, that they, somebody, oh, it's out of context. And somebody, somebody said that before, and I, I fact-checked that on the show. And so, okay, I broke down the article they presented and said, see, and the it's very clear. It's not, the only fact-check difference is that they're saying that, that there's more to his argument. But he, he's literally saying these people should be exterminated. And so he quite literally says, I don't have a quick solution, but I do have a final one. Right. Exactly. I mean, and so we're talking about exterminating a population based on their ethnicity. I mean, how, I mean, it's so obvious what these people are. That's why it's so embarrassing. The media is still trying to pretend this isn't what's happening. So so back, back to this. More than 100 missiles fired at Ukraine in one of Russia's largest attacks to date, says the Daily Mail, with zero evidence because they apparently know. Strikes largely targeted power grid with parts of Kiev and left and dark. OK, same point. So they're just arguing that this is what happened. I don't think I had anything highlighted in here. Okay, so then CNN... <clears throat> On 15th, on the 15th, same thing. Wave of Russian missiles hit Ukraine after Zelensky outlines conditions for peace and updated as of November 15th. Now, I'll show you why I think that's important. Now, Russia yeah. launched its biggest wave of missile attacks, again, without anything to prove this, in more than a month on Tuesday, hours after you, uh, Zelensky proposed a peace plan. Air raid sirens sounded out across Ukraine shortly after its leader outlined a 10-point plan. Interesting timing, don't you think, Steve? Right. It's for right after he's a peace, peace. And then they, oh, we were just attacked. Too bad. We can't have peace now. You know, I it's, can't it's funny. believe it. We tried so hard. Yes. The reluctant hero. Right. Oh, no. We have to reinvade <laughs> Syria like Trump. You know, it's like it's just so funny. Now, again, in a macabre way. Right. I mean, it's disgusting, but it's funny how obvious and stupid this is. How else were we going to figure out if the mother of all bombs still worked? Yes. Right. Including the withdrawal. So here's his point. His 10-point plan for peace, including the entire withdrawal of Russia and the restoration of their entire territorial integrity. Yeah, right. Like, that's not on the table. Neither would it be for U.S. and anything to give up anything they currently think is theirs. The U.S. targeted power infrastructure. Oh, excuse me. I said the U.S. The strikes targeted power infrastructure in several regions of the country, leaving more than 7 million Ukrainians without power. Right. According to... Finally, get to the point, according to Ukrainian officials, that's the only it all comes from them, despite how many times they got caught lying. And even the CNN has had to roll back things like Viagra story or like the raping of children. All these people were shown to be lying. 
They've had to roll back the employment of the people in those positions multiple times. Like, it's not even just statements. It's you can't work here anymore because of how badly you lied to everybody about multiple things. Go kick rocks. (laughs) Or just like the ghost of Kiev or any of those other stories, which were like just whole cloth shown to be like blatant lies. They just said, oh, yeah, that was a lie. Move forward. (laughs) Well, And just like with Bucha, there's a two to three day period where there's no information coming out of the area whatsoever. And then the very first thing that pops up is we have uh, documented evidence of a lot of war crimes. Exactly. Exactly. And, and and then it always comes back to, and look, as I've said every time, certainly possible, uh, certainly possible. But the problem is it comes back to they said so. Ukraine said. Now, at a point where they keep getting caught lying, that's just simple stupidity or willful ignorance. Right. So here, I'm just going to grab the uh, the Bucha one, sort of like we're doing today. Was Bucha false flag, massacre or both? A review of the evidence. That's what we're doing right now. Right. So I'll include that so you guys can see how clearly this was not what it looked like going forward. Uh, the deputy head of Ukrainian presidential office said, again, just pointing out that it all based on what they're saying to you. Now, two missiles or rockets also, which is interesting. Why? How do we? I mean, the point is, there's, it's on. you can see the evidence that's on the ground, which is probably why they're trying to keep it ambiguous, because it's very clearly S-300 tied to. And it is a I'll get into it in a minute. But it's something that appears to be based on what we're being told tied to Soviet era weaponry. And there's a very big reason why that's important. I have a whole segment on this, but I'll, I don't want to oh, give yeah. it away just yet. Uh, reportedly hit a farm in Poland near the border with Ukraine. So we're, we're skipping already past the fact that we haven't even proven whether they even bombed Kiev. And it says killing two people, according to Polish media. It's unclear where the projectiles came from, but they landed roughly the same time as the Russian missile attack on the West. You see my point? So those things are connected. And yet now we're not even talking about this first part. I think there's a reason for that. Two projectiles reportedly hit Poland around the same time as the Russian onslaught in Ukraine that nobody's proven at this point, with Polish media showing an image of a deep impact, an upturned farm vehicle, which everybody's seen circulating. Poland is a NATO member state, and the Defense Alliance is looking into the matter. Now, that's, I think that's the, one of the main parts of this. A senior White House official said they do not have confirmation of any rocket or missile in Poland, which was an interesting pushback, but that U.S. officials are currently working to try and figure out exactly what happened. Zelensky is, con- is, in contrast, came right out of the gate, blamed Russia for the incident. That's very important here, which was echoed by NATO member Lat- Latvia. So here we go, right? No evidence whatsoever. Zelensky says we know for sure. Latvia says, yeah, what he said, <laughs> right? Media parrots the whole thing. Quote, the terror is not limited to our national borders, Zelensky said. Amid speculation over the project- uh, projectile's origin, <laughs> still, right, Russia's defense ministry denied responsibility. And it is for both, which I'll make more clear in a second, saying there were no strikes made on targets near the Ukrainian-Polish state border. Polish authorities have also have not confirmed that Russian missiles landed in their territory. Okay. Zelensky also called on Russia to stop bombing Ukraine's energy infrastructure as winter approaches. Oh, wait, I skipped the part I was going to point out uh, right here. I think it's interesting. It just says two missiles or rockets also reportedly hit a farm. Two projectiles reportedly hit Poland around the same time. I think they updated this and just did a poor job. I wanted to point that out because it's kind of the redundancy. I just think that's funny. But they always update these things and never point out what they do. That's garbage journalism, by the way. (laughs) World leaders condemned Tuesday's strikes. Okay, before we know what's going on. Of course they did. At the summit, British Foreign Secretary James Cleverly said in a tweet that the attacks targeting Ukrainian cities show only Putin's weakness. See, they all grab the narrative because that's what they want. 
who, quote, is losing on the battlefield, apparently. And as we saw today at the G20, diplomatically, too. Right, because you got a bunch of talking head lackeys all agreeing with what you say. Apparently, the world does. Like, when the way they push that everybody agrees with the embargo on Cuba, except everybody votes it down when it's actually shown to not be what everybody believes in. Interesting. Um, go ahead. Uh, okay. And they, I mean, they had to, they had to walk back the rumor that Sergei Lavrov was basically on his deathbed in Indonesia. Right, right. I forgot about that one. <laughs> like just, yeah, just, I mean, about the exact same time that um, the Russian Viagra story was falling apart, like that fell apart. And then they threw the Lavrov is on his deathbed at us. That fell apart. There was a reporter from RT who was all she was doing was asking, who, where's your, who's the Indonesian source? Can we get your source on the phone? I got a mm-hmm. follow up. I would like to ask a follow up. No, no. <laughs> okay. Well, and then, um, yeah. And then attack, uh, well, war crimes attack. And then now missile fragment right. on a Polish farm in it's, a very strategic location. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and to add all, to the, the middle part about people lying, don't forget, they said Putin ran out of ammunition. They said that Putin was I mean, there's been a thousand different things. And that's not even Ukraine lies. That's blatant U.S. government misinformation. And I, I don't the whole thing about Ken Delaney and going on CNN and saying, well, <laughs> They just, it's a new form of propaganda where they kind of lie to you. It's like, yeah, new form of what they've always been doing. And they, I'm Ned not going to believe you know, said that. <laughs> Ned Price, the spokes weasel right. for the State Department, came out and said, oh, well, uh, what we're going to do is uh, we're just going to lie to you. But it's okay because we're really lying to the Russians. So yeah. when we lie to you, just tell yourself this is because Putin deserves it. Mm-hmm. And and we'll all be better. Right. And then he also came out and basically said that when I say something is the, that is the evidence, basically. Remember that? So, well, I said it. That's the evidence right there. And it's like, my God, these people are ridiculous. I stood here at the podium and gave a statement that counts as an official White yeah. House debriefing. And Matt, Matt Lee always pushing back on him, which I love to see. But going forward, the point is they're all towing the line. German foreign minister said, at the moment, we're hearing again of brutal Russian missile attacks on Kiev. Yeah, we, we heard something. We'll just blatantly say that as a representative of our government. These people are children. Like, how can you act like that's not an irresponsible thing to do? And the point is, they're talking about attacks on all these places, which nobody's proving. And especially, again, on, in civilian infrastructure, based on the narrative from Ukraine. Right. And that's the point where they say remarks on Tuesday with the IAEA basically saying, you know, nuclear threats and stuff. All, that was what, what was happening before. Right. It's interesting how it's all being dumped on Russia's doorstep now. She added that the attack is also an unprecedented attack on nuclear safety. There you go. Nuclear security. OK, so. I love that face. Right. That's ridiculous. Um, so now uh, just to show again, Kiev's mayor was the one that stepped up and said, yes, they attacked us. That's what happened. And that's where that's where this is all stemming from. Now, here it's just some videos of the Kiev strikes, which I find very interesting. Now, what's now there's some weird reports about this. But just it looks like you can see from the video something apparently flying. But doesn't that look too slow? I mean, am I crazy? I don't know. Then I don't really see the timing right. I don't hear the explosion. I mean, the video doesn't seem. I don't know. I'm not an expert on breaking down hoaxes of videos. But either way, the point is there's video of something happening. Right? So 
that it could be any number of things. It very well even could be Russia that attack. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. But uh, here I is- gotta say, anytime I see the the words like free press or whatever free blah blah blah, that historically um, those have been names that that the CIA has chosen for foreign yes. outlets. We have Radio Absolutely. Free Europe, Radio Free Asia, all this free this free that. And I do, and maybe maybe that has absolutely nothing to do with that account. I don't want to uh, disparage unfairly the oh, this person one here. who has that oh, account. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, well, right here it says we get page views, more page views than Politico. I, I don't know anything about it. I get the point though is that really just the video and question it, right? Regardless mm-hmm. of where it comes from, right? I agree with you though. Like I'm I'm very skeptical of any of these posts, and really I would argue we should find out. You know, this is a Telegram channel, Belarus kind of a thing. So who knows? But what's interesting is that AZ Geopolitics points out that uh, Ukrainian air defenses hit a five-story apartment building in the center of Kiev trying to shoot down Russian missiles. So that's an interesting step into, first of all, I guess, accepting that Russia did bomb Kiev despite them saying they didn't and there being no evidence for it other than that we can see a rocket in the air if that's what that is. It just seems slow to me. Chat, let me know what you guys think. But so here's the breakdown. This is all the different. Look at that one. It like literally changes direction. Now you tell me, is that something that can happen with, you know, that's interesting to me. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Rockets flying over Kiev, apparently. Rockets don't change direction like that. I know that. And missiles might. Reports of arrival. And anyway, you can just go into all these different reports yeah. of the same explosion. So it's only really one location. There's that video. But then it just says right here, after this, that it's a basically their missiles that hit this building after the fact, which I find very interesting, right? So now we're going to the next part of it where the U.S. government steps in. Unless you have, you have a comment for that? Well, I just, I, I could only add to that uh, over the weekend, Eva Bartlett documented U.S. HIMAR attacks on a, or a government building in downtown uh, Donetsk. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so you know, I, go ahead. You know, no, I mean, it's just there's there's, you know, provable attacks that Ukraine is still shelling downtown civilian areas constantly. I mean, I can't stop. I mean, I almost feel bad because it's like I there. I mean, it's so I feel like that's so readily apparent and so proven that it's like that it's not the most important thing to show. But my God, these are civilians. And I hate even saying that. It's like, my God, these people are being constantly murdered in front of us. But I just, my point is like the audience that we're trying to inform, I feel like everyone's pretty aware that that's happening. You know what I mean? It's like they're actively doing, because it's it gets to a point to where do we really need to keep, I mean, reporting it is important. I shouldn't even say it's not like, that's not my, I'm not going to trap myself in that argument. The point is not that it's not important to cover, obviously. But my point would be that, that right now they've admitted to doing it. Right. You right. know this. We know this. They're on the record going, yeah, we need to kill them. We just played the guy saying we need to exterminate those people. So it's like it's just so crazy how that's even up for debate anymore, you know, but it's it's very sad. I, I'll recommend Eva Bartlett, Vanessa Bealey as well and their work that they've been showing this for a decade. You know, it's horrific. But so to your point, though, that we can see them actively doing this. And then yet, you know, we wonder whether that's whether one, they would do that to what I mean, even that's even technically their own people in the argument of the U.S. government. So why wouldn't they do it here and blame Russia? I mean, it's the same argument. Just question everything, guys. It's very clear. So here is the U.S. government. Rather, we're here specifically the U.S. intelligence community. So this is where I argue the CIA, who is completely operating this agenda here as we've proven operation aerodynamic or project aerodynamic and how that's working right i'll get into more of that in a minute so they step up first and this could be that we see 
Zelensky or the U- Ukrainian military taking action to, dr- to, to push the U.S. hand to force it when they necessarily don't want to, right? I don't know. We'll get into more about how Biden's response shows that. But the, clearly this, the intelligence community went right to it. A senior U.S. intelligence official says it was a Russian missile. That's clear. And crossed into Poland, killing two people. Now, here's what's important. They're already trying to walk this back and water it down. They're now, you know, now in the idea that, no, it was a, a missile, but only because it was a hit by this or that. No, they came out and said, we know this is a Russian missile that was aimed at Poland. That's what this story is. And you can get into it more and they kind of evolve it as it goes through. But we'll come back to that. First of all, what's interesting is if you try to look at this, what it originally said. it's gone gone now is that very very telling isn't it and here's what it did say first and it's the same thing a senior u.s intelligence official says they crossed an amazing but again you try to load it that's what you get right now which is very telling now 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 it says uh here it's right here It, it first said unleashes darkness on ukraine power grid attack now it just says correction russia ukraine war story isn't that interesting in earlier versions of the story published November 15th, the Associated Press reported erroneously based on information from a senior American intelligence official who spoke on the condition of anonymity, shocking, that Russian missiles had crossed in Poland and killed two people. Subsequent reporting showed that the missiles were Russian-made. Now, I don't, I'm, again, I'm not even saying that's the truth just yet, and most likely fired by Ukraine in defense. Very interesting. I can't even believe they're making that correction. Can you? Well, I, it's interesting that... I, okay, so it's they're even. I, I'm trying to see if I'm reading this right because it's okay. I, subsequent reporting showed that the missiles were Russian made. I, well, I'll and most likely, you. most likely. I mean, so they're they they're finally admitting that Ukraine is using the old gear that has been lying around there for 30 years as some part of their defense. I don't, is that what they're saying? Because that was supposed to be a conspiracy a couple of weeks ago. It's right. It's right there. I mean, well, th- this is, in my opinion, this is a slam dunk and undeniable U S sending Soviet air defense systems to secretly acquire it secretly acquired to Ukraine. And we'll come back to that, but this is, this is so what I, I didn't mean to jump into this right here. The timeline. I just, they, I, I haven't seen this until I just now opened it. They, this is new four to nine minutes ago before it said something else. It said uh, this one, it said Russian made missiles fell on our country killing two. And if you update it, it'll go to the new page. But what it's interesting to me is what it's essentially saying here to be, to be clear about this. Russian made missiles, meaning simply that they have an old S-300 system and a Soviet system or something like that. They crossed into Poland. And that's only because they claim that Russia was shooting newer stuff in Kiev and that Ukraine tried to stop that and accidentally had the three S-300 land over there. And now they're saying, well, it's Russia's fault anyway. Now we'll get to all of that. That was a little bit of a jump ahead because I didn't know this was going to say that. But I'm, just, I'm actually kind of blown away that they're admitting that to your point and many others. Right. That's uh, first of all. What we're seeing right now is that they are even forced to have you ever seen this? I mean, in a very long time, they're literally going, yeah, we just parroted something we didn't even know was true. And we're letting you know that right now. That's crazy. Because well, here's, here's my point. Go ahead. No, I mean, at no point is there any sort of admission that like, oh, we made a mistake. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, this was bad journalism. We jumped the gun. It's just uh, uh, earlier reporting had it as this subsequent reporting says that and it's like there's just no no pause between whatever the new narrative is right this is um you know reality reality is what we say it is now even if it contradicts what we said 10 minutes ago you have to repeat 
the right. party line or else you go to room 101. And, and how about this? How, how about the question based, the basic, most obvious question? Okay, what if this is wrong? <laughs> right? What if they're lying about this one? They just literally blatant, like an entirely false story. So then we're going to go, oh, then this one's the truth. Like that's, that's the kind of dumbed down following you're talking about. The people just kind of go to the next story. Anybody with two brain cells to rub together would be like, well, gee, I'm going to kind of think that we should question this now. Right. And I think they're shooting themselves in the foot here. Now, before we get too far away, let's keep going. Cause this is, we're, we need to go back to the timeline here to get this more for people that are trying to follow. So we have the C, the intelligence officials saying this was Poland or excuse me, this was Russia attacking Poland. That's important. Okay. So next. Russia denies attacking Kiev, that's important, and denies involvement in Poland. So that let's forget the whole thing, the entire argument, even going back to their correction. If Russia's telling the truth, what it seems like they already were from before, that can't be true, right? Because if they didn't even attack, then where then then what was Ukraine firing at? Or what right. were the missiles coming from? So okay, so fall, this is important because I think clearly, now I'm not saying I'm blindly trusting what Russia says, but so far the the, the evidence is backing up what they're saying. The Russian authorities on Wednesday denied having attacked Kiev over the past day as denounced by the Ukrainian government and again rejected their involvement in the fall of the projectile on Polish soil that left two dead. Quote, during the massive attacks on November 15th with high precision weapons, not a single projectile was launched against targets in the city of Kiev, he assured, despite the fact that the major the mayor of the city, who I told you before, had denounced denounced that several houses had been announced, most likely several houses have been hit by missiles. According to. Koneshnikov, however, in Russia, all of the destruction, quote, shown by the Kiev regime in residential areas of the Ukrainian capital are a direct consequence of the fall of missiles launched by its own air defense systems. Okay, so first of all, they didn't attack Kiev, right? So the argument that they would somehow accidentally hit Poland while stopping attacks further on the other side of the country doesn't doesn't hold water. You see my point? I'm trying to imagine what that that bank shot or rebound or shrapnel, what that looks like in terms of where they're trying. Because they don't even tell you from what direction the missiles supposedly came, what direction well, the defense missiles, you know. And so to have a, a midair explosion to where your missile defense system is accurately taking down another guided missile mm -hmm. and then have it land another country away if i'm not mistaken there's some distance between yeah. kiev and Here. the polish border i was going to bring this up before and then i figured i decided not to but i'll bring it up real quick so we can break this down uh i mean we can we can play it we can play it like like i'm you know like i'm hardy and i don't still learning how to tie my shoes i just no, no, this I, is think, a, I think this is i know i kind of want to because it seems now i am i am not uh i am not the best cartographer in the world i am not right. but it appears from this map that kiev is a fair distance yes so here's the important here's cursing down here Right. So we have to understand, first of all, the fact that they're arguing and this is the whole point. So Russia has maintained this this obvious just just based on where they currently are. And they haven't this. Most of this has been successful to them are on this side of the country because we're talking about the, you know, Crimea. Can you see my my pointer, by the way? Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So on this side where you've got Crimea, you've got the the Donbass region, which, you know, zoom in for the right here, Donetsk and Mariupol and all this stuff over here. 
the point that they're arguing that right out of the gate, first of all, the tanks rolling into Kiev kind of a thing. You see the distance there. It's ridiculous. Then your point, right? So their argument is if Russia was firing from this side of the this area, generally speaking, again, your point, though, they're not really saying exactly where or defending from where that the argument would be they're firing on Kiev and that somehow first to your point, which I, I don't think that's what they're saying, that they stopped the missile and then from that it fell all the way over into Poland. Right. But and it's around the border here. I think what they're saying is that they fired on Kiev and that Ukraine somehow tried to fire at it, missed it, and it went all the way to Poland. That's the only way that it would make sense. But I don't think even S-300s are meant to do... I mean, I'm not an expert on this. So those out there that understand the S-300 specifically, and we'll get into provably showing you that that's what it was, based on the evidence we can see, that that doesn't really make sense. So either way you look at it, it's a far... It is a... It's a hard buy, hard sell, Right. It seems more likely, first of all, if Russia's denying that it even attacked Kiev, that Ukraine just simply did something in Kiev or maybe accidentally did something or whatever, and then just used that as an excuse, threw something into Poland and said it was Russia so they could pull in the whole NATO conversation. This has been very clear from the beginning, in my opinion, that this is what they want. Right. I mean, we were we were joking this morning that it's a shame that they didn't just have a convenient archduke that they could throw in a lawn chair on the border. And mm-hmm. then they could be like, oh, it's a real international incident. At the very least, you would think that there would be a narrative that, oh, well, Putin decided to attack Lviv because it's relatively sort of maybe in the, But it, that's as far away from the objective of the territory that Russia has any interest in, any stated interest in, right. in the first as you could get. So, I mean, none of it, just none of it makes sense. And which, which doesn't mean it didn't happen. Right. Which I know you right. really agree with. Right. But the, it ha- the idea that this would even happen, it's just a gift wrapped th- propaganda tool to Ukraine and the United States government. The, Russia has shown itself to not be that stupid. Now, you know, it, maybe there's another reason that the, strategically this would happen. I don't know if that's the case. Then somebody prove that to me. But what we see right now is zero evidence. And as always, a narrative being spun that only benefits one side and something that would completely be not strategically stupid and, and just not something in line with what Russia's already done. And so none of this adds up unless you just want to believe it. That's how stupid this is. It, it really well. It it's been recently been election season. Yes, Ryan. Yes. So all the grownups got their their Santa Claus letters out. Some of them maybe maybe some of them got their wish, and mm-hmm. Santa has brought them the early onset of World War Three. Yeah, there are some some strange people out there. Yeah. Well, so the point being again that. What we're talking about is, is, is all the destruction shown by Kiev regime in residential areas of the, U- of the Ukrainian capital are direct consequences of the fall of missiles launched by its own air defenses. So we already showed you, you know, je- logistically that it doesn't make any sense. So, so think about this as we go forward. And, and, the one, and also that there's no evidence they attack Kiev at all. So that means that, that would be atta- the Russia's not saying they didn't have any strikes, to be clear. They are claiming that they have strikes, but just not on Kiev in the areas that they're actually involved in right now. So that would mean that they did something. And then just, you know, the, the Ukraine is just whole cloth making up a story based on these facts. Now, it says the defense ministry has also rejected Moscow's involvement in Tuesday evening's explosion on Polish territory and called on Warsaw to exercise restraint in dealing with the matter and launching possible accusations. In a statement, the ministry also warned that statements about Russia missiles falling in Poland are a deliberate provocation aimed at increasing tension. Now, they're, they're leveling that at Poland because Poland was one of the ones coming out saying this. In this regard, it has clarified that the missile debris points to a Ukrainian projectile belonging to Ukrainian Air Force's S-300 anti-aircraft defense system. Now, what 
when this first got stated, as always, fake news, Russia propaganda, let's not miss that that's now what is being said. <laughs> Very important to watch how the process always goes. The reflexive pushback by media, government, intelligence. Fake, fake, fake. Oh, yeah, now it's true. I, this is why people don't trust them anymore and why I argue nobody buys what they're selling. Alongside of half of the media screaming Article 5. Yes, yes. There and that's needs important. to be blood. If NATO doesn't respond to mm -hmm. this, they'll not, they're worth, you know, I, and they had oh. an entire class of punditry just begging for war. Yes, yes. Hold that thought. I have a segment for that we'll get into next. I've got uh, um, Hannity... Uh, all, a couple of different people that were do, literally with the word blood in their statement, right? So <laughs> we'll get to it. It's just, you're, you're dead on, by the way, just like so over the top, like, oh, re Republican, uh, attack, attack, attack. Right? Like no evidence at all. It's just so ridiculous. But going forward, it says, photographs of the wreckage found have allowed Russian experts to identify without a doubt the military elements belonging to a Ukrainian S-300 guided defense system. Now, they're saying Ukrainian because it's being used by Ukraine. But let's remember, these are Soviet-era weapons, and that's what we'll get to in a minute. Now, again, it's important to understand. This is November 15th. Zelensky blames Russia missiles for deadly Poland explosion. Now, you can read through this. It's very clear what's being said. He's not saying it was an accident or that Russia was an accident. He's saying that Russia attacked Poland, right? Now, that's being kind of manipulated now to make it seem like they said this the first the first time they said no it was that it was russian missiles and they're responsible but not that they did it on purpose or whatever they're trying to spin it into now but it's clear what they first said and here's another example Zelensky accuses russia of missile attack on nato member poland pretty damn clear right so here are the images first of all and this is roundly being shown s-300s are air defense missiles dr sneakertron says if it's a if it's an air defense missile that landed in Poland, then it was a Ukrainian missile that failed to detonate when it failed intercept. I agree with that. Again, that's kind of the argument of there's no way that Russia could have had that happen if they were firing defense. If it's an S-300, the fragment piece of the missiles left, uh, it says, appear to match with an S-300 missile that's on the right. So it basically, this is it matches the just, you know, visually what a Ukrainian weapon. It's also improbable that two calibers would. Uh, what you what do they mean by that? Do you know? That's the specific type of Russian missile. Okay, just making sure. Would go astray, and that's what I assumed, would go astray and in the exact same way to land in the same place. So remember, they're talking about multiple, and the idea that this would accidentally both go awry into the same location, I think that's a really important an ob observation. You see what I mean? So if there's two of them that landed there, which is what they're claiming, how would they both go to the same location? Yeah. See my point? Yeah. Like, and that, that's his point. That's a great point. So this speaks far more to the fact that this is an, a military operation by Ukraine to do this and blame Russia. That's, and this is just my opinion, but the evidence seems to point in that direction. It says S-300s have an aerial range of 100 kilometers, so double that for ground. Interesting. I mean, we again, we had Ned Price come out. We had Victoria Newland suggest it. There were enough vault. I think even Biden used the, the phrase false flags back in February and March. Oh, yeah. That's been seeded throughout. There was, uh, I mean, even obviously, Ned Price. obviously the Nord Stream, um, the bridge to Crimea. There were a couple of the Bucha mask, all of these different things that they've tried to bring out for this that, I mean, to be quite honest, until really a couple of years past WikiLeaks uh, initial like 2010, 2011 drops, we weren't really seeing 
on the ground debunking like this, even at a small level. And that is just avalanche to, again, kind of bring it back to a more positive note. These things really are getting just uh, destroyed in real time. I, I love it. I mean, this is what I want people to realize in any given moment that it, it they this is it, the more that we compete and and, sh- and have a positive effect on, and stop these narratives, the more dark and oppressive it seems to get. Right. But that's not a like we have to realize that we are having a positive effect because we're changing. We're informing. Right. But they are going to make this more difficult the further that goes. So it's kind of a darkest before the dawn kind of thing. So don't we need to start focus on the positive here, because as, you, as Steve just made clear, we are absolutely influencing the narrative in real time. Think about when has that ever happened? This is an interesting time. And, you know, it's, we're, but it's all on the table right now. So this could get worse before it gets better. Just important to remember that. But as the war monitor points out, and this is the image we were talking about before. Two stray rockets fell in the village. I just want to show the image that people have been circulating. This is apparently where these fell. Now, again, two stray rockets. So, again, the idea that somehow both of them would miss and land in the exact location, I, that does not hold water. Now, the Pentagon says it can't confirm. Now, this, this was yesterday, right? So this is the next evolution of this. So first, the U.S. comes out, secure intelligence, and says, Russia did it. Zelensky comes out and says, Russia did it. Latvia says, yeah, what they said. And everybody runs along with this narrative. And everyone, multiple countries, NATO allies have done the same thing. All the media comes out and says, Russia did it. And very interestingly, Pentagon steps in and goes, well, we can't confirm this. So my first thought was what I've seen them been doing before, which is essentially that they, I made a joke about this on Twitter, where they've just altered their plan, their, their, uh, their steps a little bit, where instead of just coming out and going, they did it, they did it. They come out and go, we're not sure. And then 30 seconds later go, oh, okay, they did it. <laughs> you know, where it's a, to give a little bit of objectivity. And that's kind of what seems to be happening a little bit. But I, have you seen that similar kind of shift lately? There's, yeah, they, they throw an extra qualifier in there <laughs> just to kind of, to throw a little CYA onto it. Yeah. And yeah, well, we think the, um, yeah, we have information that leads us to believe or something like, you know, but then they'll turn around and they'll have, I think yesterday, uh, it went from Pentagon spokesperson says Russia did it to, uh, unnamed DOD source says, uh, you know, they can't confirm. And then they right. threw another Pentagon guy out there and he walked it back a little bit further. And then it started getting walked back in the media a little bit. Oh yeah. We'll get to that and, too. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, you'll, I don't know if you saw, but it, it got, it's already gone walked back the other way now. Zelensky, like we'll get to it. It's, it's pretty ridiculous how this has gone back and forth all with seemingly no evidence, which is just the most ridiculous part of the, all of this. So they're willing to change their narrative three different times, but it says the Pentagon said on Tuesday that it could not confirm the reports that Russian missiles had crossed into Poland near the Ukrainian border. Quote, we are aware of the press reports, which isn't that funny. So what are the what the F are the press reports referring to if this is the government that they're supposed to be? You know, see my point? Like, so the media is literally the one the one guiding the narrative when they don't have any source material evidence. They're just parroting what Ukraine said, who apparently is getting that from what the CIA. It's just it's like the circle of misinformation. Well, and to, I mean, again, the Pentagon were the people that came out off the record and said, oh, yeah, no, it's Russia. Well, was it? No, I, 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 that was U.S. intelligence, as far as I remember, right? Did they do it first as well? There, there was a, a, a Disclosed TV. I think one hmm. of their first tweets about it was Pentagon official says definitely Russia. And then a couple hours later, it turned into, OK, well, maybe. And then, uh, 
Maybe that's the intelligence source. Maybe that is the source. Like, because I mean, you could argue there's Pentagon. I mean, there is Pentagon intelligence. You know what I mean? Like, ultimately, that could be. Yeah, it it could have just been somebody else said opposite. You know, it could have just been reported uh, as senior intelligence or senior administrator, whatever official, Mm -hmm. and whatever, and then Disclosed TV jumped on it as Pentagon source says. I will point out that Disclosed TV has a weird habit of saying putting out tweets and then deleting them like right away. I've That's seen that. true. Sometimes reposting it. So maybe they got it wrong. Either way, the point is, it, it, it's the same point either way. Whether it's Pentagon and, and then U.S. intelligence, it's the same idea. The U.S. government came out and said one thing, and then the U.S. government came out and said something different, right? Even though they're different apparatus, you know, apparatus, as I would say that, different mm-hmm. different groupings and cells. I mean, the, the point is it's still the U.S. government. So it says that they don't know, right? That we're aware of the reports inside this area. But I can tell you that we don't have any information at this time. So where's the U.S. intelligence person that spoke up and said we know, right, on a condition of anonymity, right? How That's so stupid that we pretend like that's not a joke. Like that, there's zero accountability. And how often those anonymous sources turn out to be blatantly false, and yet they just keep doing it. These, these, these This is the media doing what they're told, right? They, they don't want to break their, their associations, you know? Yeah, lose access. Exactly. Which is, I can tell you that we don't have any information um, and looking into it further. Now, going next is, uh, oh, this was what I was going to point out before, just showing you that this is what the media was doing. And it's literally everywhere from left to right. Russian missiles reportedly crossing a pole and killing two. And it just simply says, intelligence said, and citing the Associated Press article that's now been corrected. (laughs) That's fantastic, right? Here is the other one. Russian missiles crossing a pole during the strike on Ukraine on the way back machine. You know why? Because they deleted it. Oh, that's not the right one, but they did. It's gone. It's just like all the rest of them. They deleted instead of going correction. We were wrong. That is cowardice and bad journalism, as always. Here it is. It is. It's yeah. It, it's almost worse than the stealth edit. Absolutely, it is. It's just it's erasing late. it. It's like they don't know we can do this. And hey, way back machine, you lied, or you're wrong, or you you cowardly, you know, whatever it is. Russian missile strike near Poland raises tough questions for Biden. Here's this is the worst one, in my opinion. ABC News is not even saying U.S. intelligence says they're just going fact. And it says it remains unclear what consequences Russia could face. You see, they're going all the way over the top. This is on the 14th, by the way. This is it's just so crazy. Joe Biden, dual Biden's dual promises to consider NATO's Article five. Oh, and I want to make a point about this. There seems to be some miscon- some confusion about because both Article four and five are important in this process. Article four is where they are essentially using the NATO article to make it basically mandatory for NATO entities to be forced to the table to have this conversation, right? Here's what just happened. Initiate article four. We have to have a meeting about this. Article five is where they decide collective defense, which was nine 11 air territory. And that's what initiates the idea that NATO countries with, if one's attacked, we're all attacked. Right? So just so everyone understands that four and five are very different, but it seems some people are conflating them on different interviews I saw today and so on. But uh, article five, consider NATO's article five, a sacred obligation, but also not to have U.S. forces engage with Russia in Ukraine may be increasingly difficult as Russian President Vladimir Putin extends the scope of the attack with a barrage of missile strikes near Ukraine's border with NATO ally Poland over the weekend, along with intense shelling, blah, blah, blah. The point was, though, I think that was just the gist of it. So the bottom line is they're just absolutely saying 100 percent. Here's Fox News. Russian missiles crossed in a NATO member Poland, killing two senior U.S. official. Same point, citing the same article that's already been corrected. So two-party illusion in real time, right? And it's a it's a sacred obligation, right, for a group of of you know 
militarily armed superpowers to get together to go <laughs> fight a country that doesn't exist in the form that it did when they formed. That's that's sacred. Right. Yeah. Right. And, that, and that's how they always want to pretend that that's what Russia is today. Right. The same bellicose brought like every single opportunity. They prove that that's not even if it's just because they're playing the other side because it's beneficial to them. Always consider that. But that they're showing roundly with Syria and everything else. The, the Russian government is not the Soviet era government. It's, they're just not. They're much more strategic. They're much more resigned and, uh, in, and you know, showing restraint in the to when they keep getting poked and respond. You know, it, it's just very different. Now, I'm not saying that means better or less you know, what all governments are, but it's just funny how they really want you to think of the same. So, you know, we have to act with a strong response and double down. And like, they always want them to be, you know, we're going to overtake the world. That's always what it is. The Soviet monster. It's just kind of funny, but th this is interesting. You might find this interesting. This is a meeting that was literally posted by the white house. So they posted this meeting. President Biden discusses a meeting with world leaders, Right. 23 seconds long. This is what it is. I ask yourself why they even posted this. Watch this. Oh, you know what this is? Wait a minute. Why, this, is the sound not playing? Why isn't the sound done? Hold on a second. Well, that was weird. I can see. I don't know why the sound's not playing right now. Well, anyway, the point was, basically, they just go, do you want to comment on the situation? The pulling? No. That's it. 23 seconds. Like, what in the hell is that? Like, and so, I mean, is this about them? Like, so they convene, convene this entire meeting about what happened, and then suddenly just don't comment? Like, what shifted between when they started that you know, like the narrative fell apart between the when they started and when they ended that meeting. That's what I argue. This was just like nothing. Never mind. <laughs> like that's really embarrassing. Right. And it clearly already had the live stream set up, already had the page made. And it's just like, we'll just post a no. I mean, how else do you explain that? It In less time than it took to turn a page in my pet goat, the narrative <laughs> fell apart. Seriously. So here, here's the next step. Biden says unlikely rocket. This is really crazy to me, actually. So he, I have it on this so we can actually read some of this. It's just a simplified thing because you can't read it with this here. But mm -hmm. it's this says Biden says unlikely rocket that hit Poland was fired from Russia. Now, I laughed out loud when I read this. Do you know why? This is such a transparent effort to be confusing about the way this reads. Right. Mm -hmm. You can read this two ways. Biden says unlikely rocket that hit Poland was fired from Russia. Or you could say Biden says unlikely rocket that hit Poland was fired from Russia. Yeah. See my point? Like, yes. Yeah. So wildly confusing. You could say it both ways and both ways actually make sense. Like the unlikely rocket would imply like the wayward accident. Yeah. You see my yeah. Point? Or the rocket that doesn't it doesn't make sense why Putin would fire on this. Yeah. I mean, and so you can either take it that it was fired from Russia or not. And I think people are choosing to take it both ways. And the point is, they're saying likely to invoke Article four, meaning, you know, which they did being everyone has to come to the table. And we're going to discuss this as a NATO meeting. Now, here's what it says on November 15th when this was posted. U.S. President Joe Biden said a rocket that struck the village of Poland near the Ukraine border was unlikely to have been fired. From Russia. So that's actually what it's saying. Comments that may limit the risk of major escalation and tensions over the incident. So they're saying now, walking it back a little bit, that it's unlikely that it came from Russia. So how is it possible that they then can step back into it? Right? Because this is the way it was shifting. So now, where did it come from then? 
obviously this is a Ukraine thing, but if it didn't come from Russia, then that means that the, the next argument was that they fired something and Ukraine tried to stop it and they accidentally did this. But see, none of this, fault, going back to the beginning, if they never even initiated the first hack, if none of this actually lines up with the truth, then this is a complete, they're, they're trying to morph their lie into something that's a little less hard, a little easier to accept. That's what I'm talking about. And you know what? And, and I'm, this is pure speculation. And I want to make that perfectly clear. Mm-hmm. But isn't it as likely as anything else that the news has brought forth in this conversation that some idiot accidentally shot off a free, you know, like a friendly fire rocket that sure. the Ukraine army had to respond to. And that's the end result of it. As like Russia did or Ukraine did. No, like either yeah, way. Though, just, either yeah, way. yeah. Ukraine. Okay. I mean, I mean you could say either way, really. Either I mean, way. Yeah. Either possible. way. Just some idiot happened to, to accidentally set something off. Totally. Uh, not even Pat Tillman style where it was accidentally on purpose, mm-hmm. but accidentally, accidentally. And the end result was this incident. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's never letting a good crisis go to waste. Yeah. Right. Just yeah. jumping into it and saying, well, you know, like, let's just say Ukraine style where they, oh, we accidentally stepped on the bus, you know, whatever it would happen. And they go, well, shoot, just blame it on Russia. You know, you can see how easy that would be because clearly the media was like, whoa, just ready to jump into it, whether there's facts or not. So they know that or in reverse mm-hmm. that Russia could have done the same thing or maybe intentionally. It, 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 there's all these up in the air. The point constantly is that they don't know that either. <laughs> and they're all just parroting everything that gets said back and forth. This is the most embarrassing point in this in, in the media sense that I've seen. I mean, they've, they, we'll get to it next. They've they've gone back and forth two or three times now. It's really bad. And I think they know that. I think they're people see through it clearly. It is. Just, it's embarrassing. It really is. President Biden says a rocket that hit a village in Poland near the Ukraine border was unlikely to have been fired from Russia. Oh, it's the same point. I just forgot to close that. So here going to same November 15th. Poland convenes that meeting we just referenced on national security. That's Article 4. Polish media writes that Russian missiles flew into the country's territory. Okay, so now here's another change. So it was getting walked back. But then Poland pushes it further in this meeting. Now it says he did not specify why the Polish government decided to convene the meeting when they did this, which is odd, right? It's obvious why this is happening. Yet they convened it, but kind of kept it hush-hush about why. Now, ultimately, the point was they did say that it was Russian missiles that flew into their country. But that has now changed since they said that. Because now, the, now, remember, the current narrative is that this was an accident. I mean, we'll get to it. I, I'm jump, keep jumping ahead, but that's what they're saying. An unfortunate accident. Okay, so how then do you rectify the fact that Poland blatantly just said it was Russian missiles? It's not. Because at the, at the best case scenario, it's Russian missile that was fired, causing Ukraine to fire and accidentally hit. That's what they're saying now. So how many times we can keep catching both the governments of all countries and the media blatantly making up a story throughout this process. This is very transparent. But the point was, what's interesting is they add another another caveat to this whole thing. It says Radio Lublin, uh, I think AZ, AZ, AZ Politics, Geopolitics uh, posted this as well, wrote that the incident happened around 3.40 p.m. local time in a place where tractors and trucks come. Now, somebody can dive into that time frame. I wonder if the timing lines up. I didn't get a chance to dive into that. It says, according to the publication, one of the tractors drove into the scales and suddenly exploded. So that's interesting. It was, ri- it, and it also writes about two dead people. So what actually exploded here? Did their tractor drive into something and explode? And that's what everyone's pointing at in those explosion pictures. 
right? I mean, that they, that's right. Poland saying that was a tractor, but there was a missile. That is why it happened. That's a very strange thing to say. We will remind you that today, November 15th, Russia carried out a massive missile attack on the territory of Ukraine. But again, did they? See my point? It wasn't near them. The ones that Russia said they did were way over on the other side of the country. As a result of the attack, the country's energy infrastructure was seriously damaged. But that's not what actually happened, if you believe what Russia's saying. And they didn't prove that. So this is very, very, I think this is embarrassingly obvious, personally. And so it seems like a tractor caused an explosion. So interesting, right? But going into the fact that people were just so quick to rush over the top of this, this is Jack Posobiec. For any, Gay does say, if it was a deliberate attack on sovereign territory of Poland, it must be repaid in blood. But really? You know what I mean? Like, that's a very, this is the kind of bellicose partisan conversation that really makes me concerned because this influences a lot of people. Do you, you want to comment on that? I, I just, I mean, this is just so, and the weaselly way that Posobiec walked it back when it became just blatantly obvious that he and his buddies weren't going to get their war out mm. of this one, right. I, where he was like, well, I never said it was the U.S. that should go and get blood. I mean, I never said that we should commit troops and, and well, right. but you have many different oh, ways. Yeah. Absolutely. I, it, I just simply said, so, oh, sorry, I thought you were done. Go ahead. No, 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 no that's fine. Okay. So, so just so you know, half the time I've got the other screen up, so I can't see your face. So I'm not sure when you're done, but feel, jump in anytime, Steve, just so you know, because I, like I said before, I, I can't stop myself. <laughs> so th this says, so sovereignty only matters when you want it to, right? Classic pro-military industrial complex take, Jack. Calls on all, for Article 5 from the partisan players coming soon. Now, I was wrong about that, at least now, so far. I, I still think it might happen, but clearly this fell apart so dramatically that they didn't feel that they thought it probably didn't think it would land to call for Article 5 at this point. Right. Especially since they're now admitting it was Ukraine, which, by the way, see, if we get to that argument, shouldn't they be our condition? Ukraine's not NATO. Shouldn't they be calling Article 5 against Ukraine now? Right. Didn't they attack Poland just now, even by accident? If that was Russia, did it, it was an accident. And they're still talking about Article 5. Doesn't it make the same point? You know, it's just hypocrisy everywhere. It's ridiculous. Does, does Jack want there to be Ukrainian blood spilt for this? Exactly. Great point. Exactly. This that's the logical equivalent to what he's saying here, right? And then if it's just if it's just an accident, so okay, it's just two bodies, no harm, no foul. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Great. Again, that's how I didn't even think about that. Great point. These people died, so there's should there got to be accountability, right? It's, just, it's wild. But the point about the sovereignty is simply that, you know, so we only care about what Poland sovereignty. What about many other examples of U.S. violating Iraqi sovereignty or Syrian sovereignty? You know, it's, just, it's such a gross hypocrisy. These people continue to tow. But here's Hannity. If I was Poland, I would immediately strike back at Russian forces in Russia. This guy is a maniac. Like you, there's no proof. There's no evidence. And he's just saying I would already I would already strike because narrative. This guy's dangerous, man. I mean, he really is. And even I know plenty of Republicans that think this guy's out of his mind. Yeah. Yeah. And he's only his radio show is 300 times crazier. Oh, yeah, it is. Than, than his TV show. Yeah. Just, um, there's right. a station here in Vegas that carries it. I've I've checked in a couple of times just to see what's happening. <laughs> the the man, it, he, he's one of those John Bolton types where if he can't be shown that a small brown child died that day, he uh, won't be able to get to sleep. It's like it's his yeah. melatonin. 
It's terrible. Yeah, I mean, I, you're right. I mean, these people seem to desperately want to continue to hurt people under the guise that that's a good free, like freedom and democracy. It's, it's just such a, I keep making, I make that joke all the time, right? And I shall wait. I think I have it in a tweet somewhere. Just, you know, that you can scream freedom and that makes it okay. It's just, it's insulting. But I want to point out and give a huge shout out to this serious report. You know, Catherine Austin Fitz, something happened in Poland. We have no idea what, neither does anyone else. Nothing more to say for now. And I said, what honest reporting looks like? How refreshing. <laughs> that's that's the truth. That's what we all should have said, but that's not what anybody did in the corporate spheres, the government spheres, the intelligence spheres. They lied. And that we're seeing that now, right? That's I'm this is this aged incredibly well, right? Because she's being proven right because they didn't know and they, you know, it's it's just absurd. Now I, I wanted to point out the I just made a little thread here that I went through kind of documenting how it goes. Like this was the senior intelligence official. And then Poland said the meeting and then that they, they, Oh, here Pentagon says it cannot corroborate. Oh no, I thought it was the other one. Can't corroborate. Pentagon says, looking into it, Dave DeCamp from anti-war saying that AP changed their story. And I post Jack, Jack was I post the S three hundreds, the Pentagon saying it's, you know, NATO point kind of just giving you the evolution of this, these, the mainstream headlines and so on ending with this tweet, which I'll show you in a minute that this is what it looks like when a false flag blows up in your face. Now, the point with that is just to show I was waiting for them to call Article 5. That's what I kept saying. Like, wait, it's, it's you know, com- impending, coming soon. I genuinely think that would have happened if it wasn't for the independent media. But I don't want to think I can't assume that because that would be kind of the same thing I make fun of every day. I, you know, you never know. It's, you're not right just because you were censored kind of thing. But I think it's very interesting. Now, this brings us. Oh, it's right there <laughs> to kind today, which is, you know, or the last two parts of this sort of like where we are today. As I said, this is what it looks like when your false flag attempt false flag attempt blows up in your face. No pun intended, which I guess you could say it was. <laughs> Don't forget the important little fact that Zelensky went on the record, right? Just what we went through today, saying it was Russia behind this, yet now says it was an unfortunate accident. This was a failed false flag, because here it says right here, Poland president says very likely missile blast was from the Ukrainian air defense, calling it an unfortunate accident. And that's all. That's also what the Ukrainian government was essentially aligned with for a moment until they pushed back. But so interesting, right? Just where we are so far. How obvious is this that they all towed the line, pushed the narrative, and now they're changing it? There's only two ways to look at this, Steve. Only that they lied, knowing that it was the fa- a false story, or that they didn't have any information and just decided to say it anyway, right? I mean, is there any other possibility? Uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head. No. And I mean, really just to just to further. This is all about grabbing a headline. This is all about grabbing a news cycle that also man, I mean, there's a number of other things that were going on. Again, the FTX thing isn't going to go away. They right. really needed to clear that out of a, a news cycle if they could. Donald Trump announced that he was running for president, ah, which is something that point. like. Every other news network tried to go out of their way to not carry. <laughs> and I did like only Fox did. And then a couple of uh, the streaming channels, but at least on YouTube and ma- major platforms didn't carry that. So they got to talk about something. There has to be things that dominate the news cycle that aren't involved in reality because the reality is some seriously significant crimes have been committed very very recently that implicates some very important people yeah i mean literally it could be that that's what this was meant to be covering up like I, we should not shy away from even like that like it could be as simple as this say, calling Zelensky and saying just pop off a, a s300 into a poland area we'll tell poland we'll, we've obviously they were ready to say it was russia with no evidence I mean, it kind of maps, right? Or kind of, or what's not the word? It kind of 
Tracks. Whatever. Tracks. Thank you. I don't know why it's math. But yeah, it, it's interesting. But we don't know for sure. We would never say that without evidence. But it's it, let's let's not pretend like that's not possible. Right? Well, and we'll, let's carry the let's let's just tighten the mm-hmm. the tinfoil notch a little bit tighter then and say how far out of the realm of reality would it be to make a very similar phone call to a couple of key people in uh, Kiev's infrastructure and saying, hey, we need a blackout for a few hours. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, there's some explosion of any number of things. Like, look, are we really going to pretend that the the extremists that are being funded, just like the moderate rebels in Syria, didn't care about Syria? Are we going to pretend these people care about their own people that they're currently murdering in any chance they get if they just say the wrong thing? Or the area, like, these people are not invested, in my opinion, in anything other than their own ideology. And that may in- include Ukraine, but it's not the country itself, I argue. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, they, you know, but either way, it's about that kind of control. So whether or not they would just murder people in Kiev just for their agenda, I mean, I would not think that's certainly possible. You know, who knows? Well, but I agree with you, man. If you ask any uh, of the members of Right Sector or mm-hmm. Azov or what, there are uh, they're not empowered. They don't have the majority. They don't have the majority in the government. There are many, many elements in Kiev that they would like to see rooted out. And there are many people in that town that they would like to see exterminated because they're not representative of the majority of their government or country. And now, they would like to be. But are you they're not Azov in that. Yeah, I mean, as far as far as I can tell, the Azov movement is is pretty ubiquitous. That's that's my opinion based on their influence over the government, the police force, political parties. As, so in I, terms of well, okay, I'll say this: in terms of like political representation based on party affiliation, okay. they only had something like three percent of well, the seats of parliament. That's now, a fair I mean, point, but I mean, can, I, yeah, go ahead. You know, I mean, we can extrapolate from that that they're. certainly at this point, the most heavily funded, the most, you know, most propped up, not necessarily in terms of political power, but in uh, government wise, legislative wise, but street power and where all of the energy is coming from in terms of keeping whatever Ukrainian nationalism is alive is coming from those elements. Those have been there since World War Two when the CIA said we need a far right element to exist. Mm on the Russian border prevent communism from spreading any further than it already has. Just like Afghanistan, right? Same thing, right? But see, I would argue, and so either one could be true, right? I I would argue, and that's a very good point, actually, but I would argue that what we're seeing is the deliberate kind of restructuring for an illusion. Like, right in 2019, 2020, we saw a lot of moves taking place where they were trying to patch up the illusion, where the extremely openly Nazi, you know, spousing leader of this was kind of shuffled to the side, by the way, who who quietly worked back into a position after all this, right? So it could be that they lost that control politically, but then I would argue, why are they the prominent focus of all the legislation, of all the funding, of all, you know what I mean? Like, so it ultimately could be that, but I don't think that lines up with what we see on every other part of it, but it also could be that they're don't, they knew that this was going to be an agenda that I think they wanted to blame on somebody else. So they just tried to make it look like it wasn't as dominant as it was. But again, it could be either way. I think it's a great point to add. And and, and that's absolutely, you're absolutely correct. And I will say this, we all know that it's largely an entirely puppet regime. So the people that are in positions of perceived power in the Ukrainian parliament, for all I know, could be literal puppets. Uh, and yeah. it's just that the Azov only needed to get, or that element only needed to get a couple of legislative seats because they have street power and it doesn't matter just, what they, you know. Or they just called themselves something else. 
right? Yeah. I mean, like we, it's very clear that since 2014, that the, even we all saw this right up until this started, that the corporate media was going, they're crazy Nazis and dangerous. So it makes sense that they would kind of try to distance themselves from the name, from the ideology, even though that's clearly what only grew since then. But so I, again, I add, that's a great point because it's important to think about it both ways because it's it very likely or it's very, very possible that we're seeing the organic people there you know, within the process, because I mean, I've seen examples of plenty of things like, for instance, the woman being fired. That could have been an example of that happening, or it could be them getting her out of the way because she was so stupidly obvious about it. But it could be either way. So, again, I think it's a fair point. And the real answer is we don't know. Right. And that's that's yeah. how we should cover that, you know. But to, to back to the point here. So we have Poland says missile strike was unfortunate accident. So here's where we are. This is as of today. All right. Polish president confirms explosion was not intentional attack. Now, here's what I think is, again, just like the other article being intentionally worded funny, guess what they don't say anywhere in this article? That it was a Ukrainian missile. But that is what they're saying. Oddly, they, one of the most important parts, just so they can avoid really sit, eating crow, I think, right? So here's what it says. Poland's president, Poland's president said, has said a missile blast that killed two people near its border of Ukraine appears to have been an unfortunate accident not an intentional attack. So if you don't know any better, you're going to think, oh, well, Russia then just accidentally bombed Poland, right? That's what essentially they want you to think. Kremlin spokesperson said several countries had made baseless statements about Russia's involvement without having any idea of what happened. Well, that's true. It's funny they don't even qualify it. They're just Kremlin said, so you're supposed to dismiss it. That is what happened. We have witnessed another hysterical, frenzied, Russia-phobic reaction, which was not based in any real data, says Russia. Now it says, however... Prime Minister uh, Rishi Sunak in the UK said that the only reason the strike happened was because of Vladimir Putin. So here's their walking back. So, yeah, we lied. And, yeah, it was all fake information. But you know what? It's his fault anyway. So who cares? How ridiculous. Rishi. (laughs) They're all doing it. Biden, everybody now. It's like, well, it's his fault anyway. I can't even believe this is such a childish argument. And we'll get to it in a second. I don't want to jump the gun because I have a comment about it. But it says, speaking at a press conference in Bali today, Mr. Sunak said we should all be clear. None of this would have been happening if it was not for Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But here's the point. Again, notice they nowhere in there that it say that it was a Ukrainian missile. Russia yeah. bears responsibility for the missile, according to Stoltenberg. So it doesn't matter regardless. But then even further down, even for, oh, guess what? Poland missile was fired by Ukrainian forces. <laughs> Maybe that should be at the top. What do you think? Maybe that should be included in the main article. Nah, we don't need to care. Who cares about that very important point? Wow. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it's just such an, these people, I, these, how do they not know that they're doing dishonest tactics? I think they do. I don't well, they, they do. That's, uh, I mean, they're, they're career politicians and diplomats right. effectively lying to people or at least effectively making yourself present as a believable liar yep. is how you get, you know, elevated in those ranks. You don't even have to buy your own garbage. You just have to sell it effectively. <laughs> yeah, good point. But some of them do actually buy their own garbage, right? Oh, but, there's some true believers, without a doubt. Absolutely. Now, here's what's funny. Again, this was the updated version today of the AP article. But don't forget, this is what it is now, right? Just so we're clear. This is the same article that's been changed like 13 times since it started. Garbage corporate media, even from the AP level, AP Reuters, like all the groups that they take their data from, they're the ones doing the same thing. But so going back to the, what it said the multiple times after they've changed it, Poland said earlier Wednesday that a Russian-made missile fell in the country's east, killing two people, although U.S. President Biden said it was unlikely. Fire from Russia. The blast, which Ukraine Zelensky decried as a very significant escalation, still blaming 
Russia, a deliberate hostile attack on NATO member Poland could trigger a collective military response by the alliance. This is where they're kind of driving the, the narrative. Three U.S. officials said preliminary assessments suggested the missile was fired by Ukrainian forces at an incoming Russian one amid the cruising, the crushing salvo against Ukraine's electrical infrastructure today. So again, we've, we've long since for not, we don't care anymore whether the Kiev attacks where you need to prove that that's now fact because we've, we're four stories past it. Well, <laughs> and again, and again, the assumption based on the article is that Poland and that specific area of the Polish Ukraine border is within any sort of distance yes. of yes. where a blown apart missile would land if it did. You exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. Like the, there's, it's just, it's written as if this is um, collateral damage from Russia's supposed attack on Kiev, which again, nowhere near the border. Right. Well, yeah, even if even if that actually happened, too. Right. So if, right. if Kiev wasn't attacked, then it's even further away. Right. So but no matter what their narrative is, this <laughs> not does wrong. not add up. I'm waiting for people like Scott Ritter or, you know, those out there that will do like he used the uh, Azimuth like mathematical thing to talk about the Kramastark train station attack, which he proved had to come from Ukrainian territory or somebody mm -hmm. did. And he used it. Same point here. I promise you, people smarter than us will go out here and prove it's not possible for that to have happened with an S-300 from this location, but they don't care because by the time that comes out, they'll call it fake news, Republican stuff, and they'll be on some other big story. You know, that's how this works. It's crazy. I don't want to get too far off track, man. I do, uh, Kurt Metzger was on our show this morning, and mm -hmm. he was talking about going on to the podcast was, I believe, Stitch and somebody, Andy, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and it was Kurt. Dave Smith and Jimmy Dore, and they were brought on because all of them seem to be believers, Ryan, in this, you know, horrific Russian propaganda. Really? And they're, God, yeah. To the, and so I'm only, a, I'm only like a half an hour into it. Kurt on the show was like, man, I made it about five minutes before I just screamed, what the F is wrong with you? Uh, at my friend, at my friend who hosts the show, you know, and he brought Dave and Jimmy on. Um, but it's so completely emblematic of what's happened throughout this entire process where these people are convinced that they're saying smart things, that they're repeating smart things. But these aren't things that they've confirmed. They've never bothered to talk to anyone who's been on the ground there. They've Please. never... Sorry, I was going to say, please let that overlap with the COVID discussion, guys. Please just recognize and how much you want to bet this conversation will be had on those shows in a couple of weeks or a month or whenever that happens when it's allowed. Like, I'm not trying to, I don't even know if that's aware to these people, but let's realize how that works. You know, well, the this is a speed of science type thing My God, that yeah. we're witnessing. Do you know what I mean? The what, We're moving with the speed of PSYOP. Is what we're doing. Yeah, you should coin that. That's perfect. I mean, that's, that's exactly where it is right now. I mean, and this is what kills me about these people. Like, this is them. I, I, I don't even want to get over into it. And just the overlapping of, like, you know, trying to tap into that normie side of the audience. You know, just how about we just lean into the truth and have some integrity yeah. and only talk about what we can prove. My God, how crazy it is that that's not, you know, it, this is why I think people are desperately thirsty for anybody who just does the right thing. 
which is we, people. It's crazy that that is what is unique today. My God, that's depressing. In in the media sphere, I should argue. But anyway, well, this, I don't, is, this is why corporate press has tried and ultimately failed to invade this sort of space, because yeah. even perceived authenticity is getting more eyes on it than whatever traditional media is thrown out. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, going forward, the assessment that Biden's comments at the group of 20 summits in Indonesia contradict earlier information earlier Tuesday from a senior U.S. intelligence official who told the AP that Russian missiles crossed into Poland. So, I mean, at the very least, they say they were wrong. Right. And they're pointing at their own article. I find that very interesting. But it, I, it's just so I don't even know how to, I feel like if it was all dishonest, they wouldn't show that. I mean, I don't going to read into it. The point is, they're at least admitting there that they were wrong and that now he what he's saying contradicts what they just blindly reported from somebody in the government before, despite their job being to speak truth to power. Right. A statement from the Polish foreign ministry identified the weapon as being made in Russia. That's important to this next point. Right. Because this is what they're acting like. Oh, well, we know it's Russia because it's made in Russia. Well, so is a lot of things that aren't actually used by Russia, because that's exactly the point that I was showing that article from before. Right. The idea that this there we already know that it's been Wall Street Journal caught the caught them and exposed the story. U.S. sending Soviet air defense systems like S-300, which is what this was in part in secret, secretly acquired to Ukraine. There's only one reason you would do that, especially since these their argument in the article was because they want to prepare themselves for what Russia will do. Except Russia's not even using these Soviet air weapons. So that's ridiculous, right? So this is them using this to create false flag territory. I'm convinced of that, right? So here, yes. back to the, go ahead. No, no, you're correct. I, I, there's, no, there's no other purpose for that because you don't train troops that are going to go face entirely different weapon systems on 40-year-old antiquated weapon systems. Yeah, you just don't. The only reason you have that is so you can point to it and say, we have uh, actionable intelligence that says that Russian-made artillery was yep. used. It's aimed at the lowest common denominator. They're hoping that the average person just goes, oh, it's made there, so that equals Russia. Right? It's as simple as that. It's very clumsy. If Russia had deliberately targeted Poland, it says, it would risk drawing the 30-nation alliance into the conflict at a time when it's already struggling to fend off Ukrainian forces. Again, I'm kind of shocked that's even in there. I was like, well, obviously. So what you're saying is it makes zero sense for them to done this at all, but they did it though. Now that's certainly possible again, but you know, where's the logic here? Like with no evidence, this article shouldn't even be written, right? Polish media reported that the strike took place in an area where the grain was drying in Poland, a village near the border with Ukraine. Just quick overlap to yet another situation where food sources are being attacked. Interesting. Maybe that's just a bonus for the PSYOP here. Right. The, the strike came to light as Russia pounded Ukraine's energy facilities with its biggest barrage of missiles yet. Again, that's the point from the beginning. No one's verified. Striking targets across the country and causing widespread blackouts. So as if that's proven going forward, right? Now, they've already corrected it, like we pointed out really quickly. Here is somebody, and this is like a quick sidestep into like the Twitter conversation, right? This guy says, why doesn't Biden just come out and say it was from Belarus? Right. Evidence. Push off. You know, like, this is so stupid. Why don't they just say that missile, which hit Poland, unlikely to come from Russia. So they're mad that Biden didn't come out and just say what they wanted to hear. Isn't that silly? Right. And so this guy goes, Ukraine. And he goes, doubt <laughs> back and forth. Like, and this person says the weapons are identified, suggestive of errant Ukraine missiles launched intended for missile interception. So kind of towing the middle ground narrative, but at least seeing through the first part of it. And they point to the, the missile itself and the image we showed from before. Right. And what they're saying is these are Polish journalists essentially going, we know it was Russia because these are specifically these versions of S-300 missiles. 
right? So that's that's essentially the story, despite all the fact the fact that we're going to get into next. It says, no, I heard it was identified as something else. Well, first of all, the point was that they are identified as S-300s, just so we're clear on that. That is, uh, where was it? Well, I, we'll get to it. That is, that's ultimately what we're talking about here. And the point is, again, that this is something we already discussed, that they've already been caught secretly acquiring these things and sending to Ukraine. So here's where I want to point this out. This is the article right here. I just it's behind a paywall. As you can see the starting of it, Washington, the U.S. is sending some and the, the authors. I'm just making sure we can see that so we don't get confused by the other article. March 21st, same thing. Right. This is the same article. It's just reposted on another place. So the point was and I'll prove that again, the fact that it's on Fox News. Same thing. Wall Street Journal right there. All right. So it says the secretive efforts received public attention in 1994. Oh, and, and the timing of this is March 21st, 2022. It says, when a massive Soviet-made transport plane was observed in the Huntsville airport within sight of a major highway, it was later disclosed that the plane was carrying an S-300 air defense system. This is the discussion. This is that's this headline of the article, right? We're talking about what weapons they secretly acquired and sent to Ukraine. <laughs> and, it says, and it says it was later disclosed it was carrying S-300 systems. Now, it had acquired in, in Belarus as part of a clandestine project involving a Pentagon contractor that cost $100 million, according to a former official involved in the mission. But what do you know? So the planes that literally flew to Ukraine with Soviet air weapons had S-300s. But as an interesting caveat, he goes, but, but, but the S-300s from Belarus, Belarus wasn't among the systems that were being given to Ukraine, despite them being in the plane we talked about. OK, let's pretend right. that's the case. Maybe, maybe. Right. But here's what gets it more interesting. Ukraine already possessed some <laughs> Russian air defense systems, including the S-300. Well, what do you know? OK, so one, they brought more Two, they already had them. So let's just make it very clear that the Wall Street Journal and plenty of others have admitted that this is already present. We are continuing to work with our allies and key partners to surge new assistance, including Soviet or Russian origin air, anti-aircraft systems and the necessary ammunition to employ them every day to Ukraine, a U.S. official said in March. Mr. Austin last week visited Slovakia to explore if the country would send its own S-300s to ukraine okay so let's pretend like it's questionable to point out that they have the very western weapon system that they're now pretending was not you know the bottom line is we know that this is what they have and is what they shot despite the fact that they're now saying it was them the point is this was known before the narrative shifted that's the point i'm making that we knew they had them and they were trying to hide that from the beginning i think this well good and to kind of tie it back into to one of the tweets that we were just looking at if they already had S-300s in use in Ukraine and the plane lands in Belarus with extra S-300s, you've still got that guy going, well, just say the missile came from Belarus. Well, I mean, yeah, it theoretically could have because there's no there's no uh, what chain of custody after that plane full of we didn't use these S-300s in Ukraine <laughs> lands in Belarus. Right. I, I mean, it's just all, all of this connects. Like it takes a it takes a special kind of stupid to not at least go, well, maybe they're lying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's everything about this connects on the other side and their narrative is just like nothing but holes in narrative. It's that's I'm just baffled about how ridiculous this is. And that's actually why this, I think, has been so muddled and walked back because it very clearly fell apart, like right out of the gate. And I think that's because of, pe- you know, what we're doing and people like you and people out there challenging this. Hassan Mafi spoke up and made that point we talked about earlier, which I think is relevant so is nato going to invoke article 5 and attack ukraine now right i mean if the same point they kill people accident or not or maybe it wasn't do we care to investigate nah interesting contradictory well, hypocrite it's hypocrisy. only it's only terrible 
if we think we can blame Russia. Otherwise, right? <laughs> right. How stupid is that? So did, I, I, I'm not going to play this. I don't think, but this was Ukraine demanding reparations on the 14th from Russia because of atrocities. Just you yeah. know how 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 comical that is with what we're talking about and what we've proven, and they're the ones stepping up. We demand money from Russia because they're killing people and doing war crimes and nothing we've proven. But then maybe U.S. just said, "Well, who cares? We'll do it for you." <laughs> so that's when they stepped in and said, "The White House is sending or requesting thirty-seven point seven billion dollars more to Ukraine on the fifteenth, in the middle of the story, after FTX." I mean, I, I literally couldn't believe this. I said, seriously? Like, I, I mean, I was actually, I'm actually surprised that actually that came out. What do you think? Well, I, and here's the thing. Every time Biden has come out and asked for like lower than 40 billion, the Congress has just rubber stamped at minimum 40 billion. So the likelihood that they'll, at, in reality, sign more or give more of fake money to all of you know their military contractor buddies or weapons mm -hmm. manufacturer buddies because again none of this money is really going to anyone in ukraine right That's it's just all going stone. to purchase more weapons systems or sometimes there is a couple of pallets of cash they get dropped off to grease the local officials and make sure that, you know, a couple of people, some soldiers get paid or whatever. But mm -hmm. we're we're funding the the government itself, not the people. Well, also, don't forget that. I mean, I, I, there's no there's not. This is a fact. Ukraine was invested in FTX. Right. They were spending lots of money. And that FTX was donating to Democrat donors. The Democrat establishment was funding Ukraine. I mean, you can't miss that. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you think that was a choice or not. And maybe it wasn't. Either way, the money was flowing in a perfect square, I guess, between these people. Right. So the bottom line is that's, I think, where most of the money was going, at least in this moment, flooding into. I mean, it's clear that he was funding the midterms, especially this 2022 midterm. So, I mean, that's a whole other category we, or topic <laughs> we've gotten into, but it's very clear. So that's why I think this is interesting. So, in the midst of this story, I even think the, the logic would be like, well, we're guilty, but what's the smartest thing to do to show people we're not guilty? Well, a guilty person wouldn't send more money if they were really doing that. So let's send more money, right? I mean, kind of the way they think, I argue. But either way, it's more money at a time when we're literally watching them carry out false flags, murder people in Donbass, openly espouse Nazi ideology. I mean, everything. And they're just like for $40 billion when Americans can't feed their families. It's sick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, there's a, a real water crisis in this country that people yeah. don't talk about a lot. And that's all of its poison. And there's, you know, it seems to be a lot of it running out in for a decades. lot of places. Derek's yeah. written about this for a long time. I mean, this is, that's even like during the Flint discussion, Derek wrote an article going like, well, like 50% of the country is in the same position. Like it's a weird focus, but rightly so, because it's called out a lot of tension. It's Flint, by the way, if you're listening, still doesn't have clean water. Think about how stupid that really is at the end of the day. But the point is that these these places are all struggling, you know, and, and here we're dumping money in the hands of dangerous people and the guys that that's best for national for American people. It's the same as the Great Reset and everything else. But here, here's Zelensky just stepping back into the narrative. This is today. Zelensky says missile with Poland is Russian. Now, what's interesting is that's what they're, they're just so it's clear. He is arguing Russia attacked Poland. But what's ultimately being said here could align with the other argument now, too, that, well, it was a Russian missile, but it was, you know, but that was, well, either, actually, I take that back. That's the wrong point, because this, the next part we're going to get into is what I'm talking about. 
But this does pretty clearly say missile that hit Poland is Russian. So it's not a, well, I guess, no, that's, that was actually what it was. Cause you could, this is how stupid this all is. You could argue it was because it was an S 300. That was a Russian mm. weapon, yeah. but it was fired by Ukraine. Right? So it's like, But it doesn't, all that matters now is the origin of the manufacturer. Yeah. Of the product. It doesn't even matter who fired it. it right. the, not according to Zelensky, not in that statement. Right. Or, and again, it might be that this is like a strategic way to say it. So if you got pushed on it, you could argue, no, I was just implying it was Russian made. But at the right. same time, still confusing and influencing people that don't know better to think that it was, he's saying it was a Russian attack. 100%. It's very duplicitous speech. Yeah. And just like and, the headlines we saw, right? <laughs> like it's meant to be confusing, I think. This is that this in the same way that uh, Justin Trudeau or Barack Obama are really have that cadence nailed down in that like CIA spook delivery nailed down. So that if you're asked what would what was that guy just talking about? You go, you know, I have no idea, but I feel better. I just feel better. Feel I feel like I got some hope now because a lot of people walk away with that feeling. Yeah. Well, like he didn't seem to make much sense, but I sure feel better. (laughs) It's just funny. But so here, here's the next part of it, right? So this is, again, as of today, this is 21 minutes ago, at least when I put the article up. It says, Kiev demands access to site of Poland missile strike. Ah, that's interesting. What's going to happen when they f- push in and start controlling the area? And then three days later, they go, atrocities, like you were talking about. It turns out that the OPCW has come out with a report that says unequivocally Russia is responsible for all of this. You know, I mean, that's oh, it. Oh, I thought you were just saying you saw that just now. I was like, well, no, but yeah. I mean, that's it. That's what they're setting up. I guess just goes back to they're trying to run the exact same Syria playbook for right. Ukraine. And right. it's just it's backfiring this time. They were sloppy about it in Syria. But honestly, Ryan, too many brown people. Nobody cared enough. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, and, and that's the sad, that's the disgusting reality of how these very, the very people that are pushing this non-racist, equitable, sustainable, you know, they're, they're the worst of the worst in that exact category. Like just, that's just, you can't make this stuff up any more ridiculous than it already is. Well, And I mean, even to that point, I can only think of a couple of outlets that have covered Syria for the last several years. You're one of them. We're one of them. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel any guilt when I say anything like it. But far too much of the independent media looks at what goes on in the Middle East and just has no room for it to say nothing of what the U.S. has done with AFRICOM over the last decade. Not reporting on that. Nobody reports on Haiti. Glory Jones, the only real, like my co-host on Slow News Day, Mm -hmm is part of the Caribbean diaspora and won't stop covering it. And that's the only reason, honestly, that we do it every week. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like I mean, I'm sure that we would get to it at some point because it's crazy. But if she wasn't so tenacious about it, we wouldn't be on it the way that we are. And all credit should go to her in that regard. Yeah, well, I, I, I completely agree with you. But I, I do think that it's important to add that... You know, we both know how much is going on and how hard it yeah. is to decide what you're going to get into, you know. So it's like like I feel guilty sometimes when I'm not like covering what just happened in Israel. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, uh, you know, but I, I do understand and I think it's hard. At some point you have to recognize what's happening. And it's just I, I do think that what you're I what I think your point is really is there's a lot of people out there that are when it's necessary, choosing not to include that. Yeah, like well, my, my point is, is that there's hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of people with a camera 
and an opinion yeah. and a bunch of articles that they have queued up. And they all consider themselves to be part of the independent media. They all consider themselves to be part of the quote unquote real media. Mm-hmm. And honestly, man, it, you know, libertarian institute or antiwar.com, Scott Horton, Kyle Anzalone, those guys, they do a fantastic job. So mm-hmm. I got to give them some credit, you know, but I mean, really go, go look at whatever's trending on YouTube right now. I mm-hmm. guarantee you that a, they're not covering any of this from this angle or with this kind of, of, you know, yeah. honesty or sincerity, but the, they're never covering what's going on in Israel that you and I only get to as often as we can, when we can get to it because we're doing literally everything else. <laughs> it sure. Seems that way. Doesn't it? Yeah. But yeah it, it's sad though. You know, that it's, you know, there, there, this isn't, these things are directly affecting us and everybody else. This moment, it's a worldwide thing. That's why I think this is so, and I, honestly, I think that's why we're seeing so much shift because it's it's suddenly turned into this idea where any of these actions are directly translating into what we see the larger agenda taking place because you know it's great reset everything else and people are very aware of that and maybe that's why but we, we can see that it's this this clarifies by the way the point from before Zelensky insists explosion in Poland was not caused by Ukrainian missile think about how brazen that is right now as literally everybody's like, we know it. Poland just came out and said, we know it's a Ukrainian missile. They're the ones conducting the investigation, which maybe that's why they stepped up and said, we want access to the site, wherever that was. I forget where we just had that. But the point was that maybe that's why, because they're like, shoot, we're willing to take control of this narrative. But he's going, no, it wasn't. Interesting, right? But here, And that's the image, by the way. That obviously is what we're talking about. But here is what the U.S. is now saying. And this is ridiculous, by the way. He says, Russia, ultimately responsible. We already kind of saw this, though, for Poland missile blast, whatever the final conclusion may be. <laughs> what a stupid thing to see. As I just said, what a sad sidestep. So basically saying, so just ignore the fact that the entirety of Western media just willfully lied to you in, in unison and ignore that Zelensky is still lying to you right now because it was Russia's fault, no matter what the facts say. <laughs> Right. Freedom. Well, and to that point, no matter whether or not it's actually Russia's fault. Right. It doesn't even matter. Like, it's like the point. And here, here, the real point is what I said next. I think this was the most important part. By this logic, the U.S. military or the Israeli military are responsible for every action and its fallout taken in response to their endless aggressions. Right. <laughs> oh, but I forgot. They yell freedom while doing it. So it doesn't apply. Carry on. Like what he the, what he just said literally argues that anybody else doing that in response like it just completely falls flat you can't make that statement when it doesn't apply to you in everything that you do around the world this is and i mean let's take it let's take it the uh on its reverse too if let's let's assume that lloyd austin is correct on this and that vladimir putin is ultimately responsible for all of the actions that took place from february 24th going forward Let's put that blame on him. Wasn't Putin operating under the Bush doctrine? Wasn't, I mean, isn't he operating under a longstanding, well-documented and, you know, maybe not the greatest strategy, by the way. Pardon? That's probably what he's doing on purpose, by the way. Like, that's exactly following that same strategy. So then it becomes really obvious when they point out what he's doing is bad. They're like, well, that's exactly, you can, people like us pick up on that. So go ahead. I just want to make that. Yeah, clear. no, I mean, that is that, that's effectively the point. Like yeah. I, if if we're going to blame Putin, are we going to blame him for 
carrying out the Bush doctrine of preemptive war when you feel threatened, when you know that there's what an existential attack on your nation's existence? The fundamental core of your nation's identity is at stake. You have every right to go out and attack that country, according to the U.S., according to George Bush, according to NATO, who jumped on, as we talked about Article 5. The whole reason NATO gets involved in these conflicts in the first place is because a member state goes, oh, hey, help. Right. Right. I mean, and that, that's a very, very valid point. Like in the, the contradictions are everywhere. But to your second point or your first point, rather, th- this is all contingent on the whether or not that even happened. Right. So first of all, the argument like you could make it to be very clear. Like your point from, se- from February forward, obviously things that are happening, there's a level of responsibility to Russia. Obviously they're involved. Right. So that's not a debate. But what we're saying here, first of all, if let's just say what they said is true. So they're claiming Russia fires a missile. Somewhere. (laughs) Clearly, they say it was Kiev. That doesn't seem to be the case based on everything, just logistics in general. But then they fire their S-300 at that missile and a missile fired during wartime, which like it's like they're a bad guy for doing what's supposed to happen during war that they're doing back. But when they fire, they're terrorists. Right. But the point being that they fired, missed and it hit him. So the point in that argument, you could argue that there's a level of accountability or responsibility for why that happened in the first place. But you can't just say it's all Russia's fault. Because clearly that's not true either. You could, at the very least, if you're being honest, there's both sides are fault at fault to some degree. But then it comes back to the main point of whether they even actually fired in that direction. And then even if they did, whether that's even possible for it to have hit that location. Right. These are the points that I think you and I just went over that are undeniable. So everything they're saying is, in my opinion, completely blatantly lying. I don't know how we missed that. Right. I mean, it's that's my opinion. But I think the logistical information makes this pretty clear. Yeah, it it takes uh, willful ignorance or willful lying to get out of this. I agree. Well, so this brings us to the point that I want to the last couple of points that I want to wrap up on this. And this is the reality of what these people are. And this is what's so important to understand in this location, not just that what these people, these entities are in Ukraine, but why they're there, where they came from. And I'm not going to go into the whole story, but I uh, on our sub stack, Scott's doing a great job on. This the, he, this was from the recent show we just did, and here's the actual show itself. Ukraine CIA ties to the Unite the Right rally. Now, I really take time to dive into this. Just a quick un- understanding of it. The bottom line is it's undeniable. It's proven. And the, the, all the links are here for you to check out. Just this tweet alone is a good handy-dandy one-stop thing to show people. Verifiable facts, right? Congress made sure, more than once, by the way, that the Azov movement would get arms. In 2016, despite the fact that it was challenged and they openly regarded as terrorists, they made sure that happened. Now, that was walked back, right, It later, but then it was there, there was a time where it was added back and then removed. But the bottom line is at this moment, it's listed in their legislation. They're not allowed to arm Azov Battalion, but they do anyway. So that's pretty ridiculous, right? <laughs> but the, the point was we know that they made sure that would happen. And now even though it's illegal, they're doing so anyway. CIA has trained them since 2015, admitted by the CIA. And then, by the way, the State Department and the Department of Defense both just came out and basically said, yeah, we've been there since 2015, arming and helping them because freedom. Like, they literally just said that despite that being called conspiracy theory. FBI verified that the Azov Battalion is neo-Nazi. And all these little images you can see is all the documents with the links below it. And is immersed in Ukraine's government. That's the point I was being before. This has been documented that they are across the board. You know, like all these different controlling positions and the military, the government, the police force. But then it says, and and this is the important part, that the people in Charlottesville, both Vanguard America, Rise Above Movement, 
are, are their U.S. faction. Now, I'll show you this is not debatable. Now, the point of why this is so important is that we're talking about the very group that they're arming, the very group that's involved with these actions, and the very group that they are clearly being set up to carry out CIA-level operations. So if the CIA has verifiably been funding them, which is the other part of this, which we can prove, Project Aerodynamic, since 1948, the Azov movement, which you referenced, right, the, the fascist yeah. entity against the Soviet Union, we know that, and there's evidence right to this day, and we know that the Azov movement has the Rise Above movement and a few others in this around the world, and that that movement itself was the reason Charlottesville happened. I mean, there's your picture right there. There's a line from the CIA to the movement and from the movement to what they're blaming on MAGA right now. Yeah, it's not even it. Th this is what this is what is uh, super frustrating about lazy journalists or a a captured industry. Largely, it, is that it's not even that you have to get out the you know big cork board and you have to get a whole roll of string and a whole bunch of pins to connect. This is the shortest straightest line possible right right between exactly. point a and point b you, there's nothing in the way of it right i agree i mean and that, that's the incredible that's why it's so frustrating that's why i've reiterated this like five times and had scott do the the post i mean it's like why is this not common knowledge like i had interviews with some other people and i brought it up and and you know and people that are in the same sphere and they're like oh i didn't even know that which I'm not blaming anybody for. Like we said, there's a thousand things happening, but I'm like, my God, this is so important and so blatant and yet seemingly still not resonating. Again, maybe, maybe when Jimmy Dore talks about it in seven months, it would be like when it's not relevant anymore. Like that's what I keep seeing this flow where it dripples out later when it's less important, but all this is here for you guys to check out. All of it's there. And this is the, the image I was just showing you from Newsweek, which I'll just read it from right here, which this is important because what it says, what this guy they're referencing, Kuzmenko, is, is a mainstream guy, right? It's for Bellingcat and all these things. So you can argue that what he's selling you here is, it, I mean, it's hard to argue that they would lie. Like the argument is they're propagandist, right? And here's what he's saying in Newsweek before the invasion, basically saying that the Azov Battalion, or rather the movement, which is what it really is, and it's their own name for it. It was established by the Ukrainian Ministry of the Interior after 2014, was later transferred to the National Guard, right? So that, and then it, it's continued to grow since then. Azov, the, the Azov's political wing, the National Core Party, described our researchers as neo-Nazi, right? The movement has gone international. This is back in February, or January, rather, of the beginning of the year. America, it says known contacts in Germany, which is relevant in a moment, or rather the Italy part. Not, It's called the Third Path. Then there's America's Rise Above Movement. It's right there, right? So in this, in this is provable. I've done deep shows on this. Check out the other shows about how it's undeniable that uh, the Rise Above Movement, which was at Charlottesville, which started the entire conversation about the white supremacy and the right side of the argument and the MAGA and the, the cars hitting everything. It was all started by this group there. And only four people that got arrested after that Charlottesville March were all members of the Rise Above movement, despite the fact that there was like six other parties there or groups, right? And Italy's Casa Pound. That's the important part for the next point we're going to make. That's the one of the other part groups of this. Now here, oh, interestingly enough, I just want to show this really quickly. This is the show I just did yesterday. And or the 14th talking about the rally and of course YouTube deleted it, which is not new, but I did find it interesting what they said. Why this video contains NBC universal information and they, they blocked it worldwide. <laughs> this video wow. has copy. Really? I've never even seen that for, for copyright. First of all, but guess what it was? It was the clip of Dave Chappelle on Saturday night live. 
Oh, really? Yeah, so him, you played saying, the wrong link, my friend. I could have given you the pirated Rumble link that probably would have got you around that. Oh, I don't, I'm glad it happened. I don't even care. But, well, no, I'm just saying, I did, because, and I know this, because um, because that's the one that, that we used, and we were allowed to show it on Rumble without getting a copyright thing. Well, and they jump on that stuff pretty regularly, too. You should. Well, here's the. This is what's frustrating, guys. This is called fair use as media re- entities, and that doesn't mean you have to be part of some mainstream entity. Like you, you and this is the Supreme Court has roundly ruled on this in, in regard to media. Right. The bottom line is fair. The, the Fair Use Act allows people in the media to use things just like that for the purposes of news reports. So when they block this, and they know this, they're breaking the law. Mm-hmm. Or rather, you know, I guess it's, it's fair use. I guess yeah, it's a law, right? So at the end of the day, they're violating your rights at the very least. Because you have a right to talk about these things. Anyway, the point was, I, I don't even think I, the, the clip was about Trump, you know, a whole Trump clip. But I think it's more about the actual discussion here. I really do. And this is just excuse to block it worldwide. Why would an NBC clip be blocked worldwide? You see my point? Like, yeah, it's, just, there's, it's very clear. That's like, whoa, that's too on the nose. That's what I think. Because that's well. And so it's not that they're blocking the clip, Ryan. It's that yeah. they're blocking your show. This right there. The clip. And it's yeah. it's this particular viewpoint or it's this particular right. way that, that the conversation is presented mm-hmm. that, you know, here's a narrative, here's a counter narrative, the truth, maybe part A, part B or none of the above. But there's clear manipulation going on here. There's clear manipulation going on there. Now you have a better picture of how the world works. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. You know, that's mm-hmm. exactly what they don't want. They don't. Oh. This has got George Carlin. They don't want a nation of critical thinkers. This is teaching people or reminding people that you can apply critical thinking skills to all forms of media. And that's why your clip is where your show is blocked. But you can play that clip on the dollop today. Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, I mean. There's plenty of mainstream outlets that have played these things and talked about them. Like, it's just such a, it's such an obvious choice to pretend like we don't have, you know, it doesn't even matter. The bottom line is I genuinely think that it's about suppressing this connection that, and that's why this doesn't get reached or the idea. This is a, like you said, this is not even up for debate. This is a transparent connection between what they've openly admitted they're doing. This is ABC. It's very simple. And I think that's why these the worldwide ban on this obvious point. Again, if you want to just share the tweet, or the clip or this page, that's what's important. I think they're trying to suppress this very obvious control. Now we're going to get into this a little deeper here. This is important. This this is important on the next part of it because what just happened in uh is it four neo-Nazis arrested by anti-terror cops in Italy. Now I believe this was what uh um Alex was just talking about on your show. I I didn't know anyway, I don't yeah. know if that, I think he was referencing this topic. If you have yeah. that, by the way, throw it to me and I'll include it in the show notes. Four neo-Nazis arrested by anti-terror cops. November 15th. Interesting timing, right? Four neo-Nazi militants were arrested by Italian anti-terror police in Naples and around Italy in uh, an investigation by Naples prosecutors on Tuesday. The man whose details have not been disclosed is currently in Ukraine, and the investigative activity showed that he was in contact with the Azov Battalion, currently engaged in facing the Russian invasion. I mean, my God, so this this is a really big deal. Now, remember, Casa Pound is the is the international arm of the Azov movement in Italy, at least at the time when they wrote that article. Now, I wasn't able to find Casa Pound connection. I haven't, I mean, this was just today's research, but what I did find is very interesting in this, and I'm going to go through this in general to show that what I think we're looking at, and not just the Italian part of it, but the overall discussion of, of this kind of thing being censored 
is that we're watching them. The beginning of this was my opinion. That's why I talk about this article here. Was I think this is all meant, not just January 6th, but the entire Azov vanilla ISIS psyop was meant to blame Russia as the ones doing this in Ukraine and around the world and then blame the MAGA movement or whatever else in this country, anybody pushing back. I've made, I've, I've, got, I've made that clear for a while now, but here's, I think this really kind of shows more insight into this. So starting with this, Sputnik, Italian police foiled deadly plot by neo-Nazis linked to Ukraine's Azov movement. Police in Italy arrested four suspects, neo-Nazis, with links to Ukraine's notorious Azov battalion movement, who were accused of plotting to carry out violent acts against both civilians and police, according to local media. So first of all, the fact that that's clearly tied to the very group, prominent group in Ukraine right now, why is it not being talked about by the corporate media? We know why. I mean, that's very important. At the very least, showing you that their extremist ideology they've quietly kind of admitted to is bleeding out into other countries, which was always the point. They openly said, I mean, here's interesting, you know, kind of funny contradiction. The only people saying they want to push their ideology around the rest of the world are these people, the Azov, but they're openly saying that. But yet they claim Russia wants to overtake the world like the Soviet Union. They've never even yeah. said that. Maybe they secretly want that, but how would they know that? You know, like well, they, the same corporate press, the same, you know, Western media that won't cover this, that won't talk about, you know, for uh, openly Nazi Italians being caught planning some openly Nazi stuff are the same people who just spent a couple of weeks demonizing what's her name, uh, Georgia Maloney, mm-hmm. who j- or Maroney or whatever it is, who just got uh, elected prime minister in Italy about how she's a female Hitler Mussolini in a skirt and they're fascists in Italy all over the place now. Well, there they are. Right. Well, that's some. Right. And, and it's clear that this maybe you hit the nail on the head. Maybe the whole point was to create that illusion there for the same agenda. And that's why they have these international arms. And so they flood the area so they can blame her. But then I do think eventually the argument was to blame the whole thing on Russia. And I'll yeah. make that more clear in a moment. And I think that was always the agenda. And that's not it's pretty transparent. They've, they everything they're arguing pre this whole thing was about how all of this was the fault of Putin. Very well, transparently is- with nothing to back it up. It's such a it's such a, a contradiction in terms of like how they're pushing two different narratives now, mm-hmm. too, because if everything is, you know, ultimately Putin's fault, but it's the Azov group that has all of the CIA, CIA ties to, you know, the people we want to associate with Trump or mm-hmm. the people we want to associate with Georgia Maroney, or what, then that's not working because they are technically not backing Ukraine. No, well, that, we'll get into that next. And that's the thing. Well, here's what's interesting, though. Don't forget that, the you know, right sector, Svoboda. Um, uh, there's a few others that I'm forgetting all of a sudden. But these groups are, are in their own right, very fascist, very neo-Nazi, right? And they're, they openly espouse that. They have Nazi symbolism. The question is whether or not those that are overtaken or controlled or in some way in line with the Azov battalion movement idea. Because, you know, the bottom line is, though, I think all of it is in line with this agenda. That's what I think. At the very least, it's the leading entity that is being influenced or literally controlled by outside forces. Right. So either way it works, these all these groups, it's just so silly how this is being argued. These groups are openly espousing Nazi ideology and Nazi concepts and saying they want to exterminate people. Like how hard it must be for these media personalities to continue to pretend like they're doing the right thing. It's, it's absurd. But going forward, it says photos released by police show the Nazi 
paraphernalia seized in around 30 raids, 30 raids. So it's not just, you know, this is a big deal on members of what they call the Order of Hegel. Now, I tried to do some research on this to see if it connected to something else. And, you know, I didn't get any real connections just yet other than the obvious. It says throughout the country includes photos of Nazi dictator Olaf Hitler, Italian dictator Bentino, uh, Benito Mussolini, and T-shirts bearing the logo of Ukraine's official Nazi regiment, the Azov Battalion. Now, what's, in, what's interesting is the idea of the of the prime minister well, i remember she came out and made the speech which by the way was just like family country and god and they're like nazi which is yeah. so stupid but i also saw that she had some weird connections to the world economic forum and, and statements about that and so it was an interesting overlap maybe maybe she was being scared back into line by statements like that i don't know but i just thought that was well and she's got direct connections to like the aspen institute people right right and and to be perfectly honest like she's governing a country that has nato bases in it like yep, right. that aren't even technically part of her country, but are in it. Maybe know? her role is to serve as exactly the scapegoat. You know what I mean? Like to make this whole thing. I mean, that, that wouldn't be surprised me either. Yeah. Just yeah. I mean, she could, it could be a little bit longer of an operation than what they ran with Liz Truss, but I mean, Liz yeah. Truss <laughs> is the perfect example of a sacrificial lamb that probably thought they had power. At some exactly. Point. They probably it's- thought they had influence. Will, yeah, exactly. See, this is important to remember, though. I think most of them today, these people that they don't even realize they're being played, you know. So going forward, it says, according to the Italian publication, one of the suspects wanted by police disappeared before he could be apprehended. A 27 year old Ukrainian national named Anton Radomsky, who the outlet reported, quote, would have offered his intermediation between the Order of Hegel and the neo-Nazi groups such as the Oz Battalion. So. So not just the fact that these are people that like the, what the Azov's doing with the symbolism, but an actual Ukrainian. This is pretty clear, which they note is particularly active in the context of the war on Donbass. Right. So look at their framing on that. The war on Donbass. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? And that's the it framing is. from these groups, from the Ukrainian, from the Azov associates. Pretty interesting. Information published by ANSA, Italy's leading news agency, indicates, and that's this, that's this article we just looked at indicates that this person is currently in Ukraine and the investigation showed that he was in contact with the Azov Battalion. So they, the Italy has proven this. According to another Italian source, the Ukrainian accomplice wanted to cause an explosion in a shopping center. You know, terrorism. Interesting. Well, I had analogous to what just happened in Turkey. Exactly. And I had that up. I had that in a second. We could talk about that because I, I do think it kind of overlaps with these actions kind of trying to force the hand of governments that may not be in line. Well, you know, and how, Turkey how, flat out saying, yeah, we know. Yeah, pretty. I have the guy saying it too, like in his announcement, like they're basically accusing him of it. And it's interesting. But before we get to that, this is this is what I think is really telling. Now, this is 2021, September 29th, 2021. Pretty close, right? And saying unexpected friendships, cooperation of Ukrainian ultranationalists with Russia and pro-Kremlin actors. This is just one of many of these efforts, pre-invasion, pre-just collapse of the narrative, to make everything happening there, Azov, right sector, Svobo, every one of them, including the Rise Above movement, Russia associates. Now, this is huge because this should expose the whole thing because that's not, we, they've now admitted that's not the case. So why was this being argued so aggressively? Because their, their narrative fell apart. I'm convinced of it. It says this descriptive analysis details and explains often paradoxical, paradoxical contacts between Russian and Russia related actors on the one side, and post-Soviet Ukrainian far-right parties such as Svoboda, the National Corps, the Right Sector, the Brotherhood, and, and well as, as well as some of the other ultranationalist groups in Ukraine on the other. 
The investigation also covers Ukrainian far-right connections to Moscow-related Ukrainian oligarchs. The Yanukovych regime, which we know is at the same point, even pre-14, was being influenced and controlled by outside. We saw the the, uh, clip in the beginning of McCain and Graham speaking right right alongside him, right? That's Mm -hmm. very clear. And other Kremlin-related actors beyond Russia's borders. Pretty clear how they're setting this up. It says the investigation outlines the recent history and possible causes of contacts between what appear to be two antagonistic and anti-nomic forces, like you know, that appear to be fighting each other, but probably not. Ukrainian ultranationalist groups, like Azov and the rest of them, and Russian or pro-Kremlin actors, associations, and institutions. I mean, this is just are, so trans. Go ahead, give a thought. So, are they contesting that the the siege at what the Azovstal steel plant was in fact a barbecue? Well, this is pre the invasion, though, right? So okay. they, I, they just this whole thing has collapsed since then. The whole yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. and it is everywhere. So once that, it, it, your point, there's a thousand examples after that that make it very clear these groups are like wildly anti-Russia, and I think that's the whole point. So how could this even be an argument they make? When it's been so clear that like not just anti-Russia, but like they want to murder these people and they're outspoken about it. I mean, they're talking about the Donbass people as people they want to exterminate. They're predominantly Russian speaking. And that's exactly why they call them Muscovites. Right. This is racist terminology. So the point is, at this point, pre the invasion, they're doing everything they can to blame the entire thing on Russia. And again, I think that this entire patchwork was designed to make that happen. And these groups were told, go out and do terrible things. Be Nazi, be idea, you know, just so we can blame it on Russia. Right. This is just my opinion. But I do think there's a lot of evidence to back this up. Interactions on this headline, interactions of Ukraine's ultranationalists with Russian actors. Now, here, now just, that's just the main one first headline. Mm-hmm. Then it goes in the second headline. Ukrainian far-right contacts with Russian ultranationalists. Okay. So under this head sub, this is where they get into the people we're talking about. It says some Russian neo-Nazi groupsicles, which is an interesting term, are represented <laughs> with their Ukrainian branches in the Azov movement's various structures. Right? So Azov movement is being called a Russian group in this article. One such group is the, what it translation is, the Youth of Wotan. The, and it says that was born in Russia and publishes its online content almost exclusively in Russian. Today, the self-described hammer of national socialism is based in Ukraine and which is interesting. And for all intents and purposes is part of the country's far right Azov movement. Isn't it interesting that they're calling it the Azov movement pre-invasion, but then it suddenly became the Azov battalion after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See my point? Yeah. It's so yeah, aggressively yeah. covered up. That is trying to expand its domestic international influence, except right away afterward, it was a small regiment and that was it, right? It's so obvious that they have an international presence. That's why I keep pointing out it's so clear it's not just a small group. And I do think that if they have international presence, I think they have controlling presence over what's going on in Ukraine, my opinion. Um, and it goes yeah, that's on- fair. And it goes on to say, in 2018, the head of the Youth of Wotan met with members of the, uh, the violent American neo-Nazi gang the rise above movement in in kiev so more proof that not only did they represent them in the u.s but they went to kiev and that's the 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 pre-invasion videos of them in the fight clubs the rise above movement were the ones that were there just so we're clear on that this is all easily provable then i think uh i think that might have been the last part of it no there's much more okay here it is ukraine's far right and pro-kremlin actors around the world and it gets into some more generalized things and it talks about the Azov movement and its support groups. So this is interesting as well because it talks about Svoboda, a huge political party that now is framed as larger than the Azov battalion, 
despite the fact that this very clear investigation framed it as a subgroup of the Azov movement. That's important because that's the truth. And that's proven around the world and plenty of other places. After Svoboda served, and by the way, Svoboda was the group in, involved most prominently in the Maidan PSYOP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And that's the one that uh, Storm's Cloud Gathering, Storm Cloud Gathering, Storm Clouds Gathering showed was the ones that were marching through and like they were very clearly involved there, which we should understand was proven to be a PSYOP. Right there, as we showed, even the Estonian member of parliament speaking with the U the EU and saying, "Look, we know this was not the group you say it was, and the people on the ground said that, and the investigation showed that, and we just don't want to talk about it." And she goes, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like it's just the stupidest thing in the world. I played that a thousand times." But going forward, it says the Azov movement has become the Ukrainian far right's leader in terms of international cooperation. Oops. Oh, please tell. Okay, good. I hope it didn't go all the way down. Uh, the main branch of Azov conducting its international affairs, the semi-intellectual offshoot of the movement called the Intermarium Support Group. I got to look into that. But down here it says, within the international network, Ukraine's far right sometimes works with certain non-Ukrainian right radical organizations with possible ties to the Kremlin. Wow, that's, that's sound. Some wow. 2014, since 2014, most international contacts of Ukraine's far right have become risky enterprises in view of widespread sympathies for Putin's Russia in Western and non-Western anti-democratic groups across the globe. That's completely baseless. And the, the, the Whitney did it. We talked about this with Whitney and where the information ties back to some, one report about one group that Russia actually tried to extinguish, at least on the record, and only can prove a few people being present in the Donbass region. And that's it. And that has been blown up by all these groups, foreign policy, the, you know, the magazine, all these groups about how that represents Putin's Nazis, Nazism around the world. I mean, it's really that transparent. It says the official position of Ukraine's nationalist is to be sure that they do not cooperate with foreign partners who support Moscow. Yet, this is not what is always happening in practice, <laughs> even after the start of the Russian-Ukrainian war in 2014. Which, of course, is, you know, that that's what that's being framed as when we're talking about the regime change war and everything else with Crimea. And it's just it's such a misrepresentation. Last two points, then, if you want to comment, Azov and Casa Pound. And this is what I think is most important. Right. Casa Pound is what they represent as the international arm in Italy. One of the new foreign contacts of Ukrainians ultranationalists has been the Italian extra paramilitary fascist group called Casa Pound. And it says. On the one hand, the leadership of Casa Pound has supported the right sector, the other group in Ukraine, during the Maidan Revolution. But it had also manifested sympathies for Putin's Russia before and after the start of the Russian-Ukrainian war. I mean, you could click the link for yourself. And it, it, the bottom line is this is just subjective narrative by people that are projected as Russian experts, usually not even in Russia or have ever been to Russia, which is something yeah. that people point out. You know, these experts are like U.S.-based. <laughs> but the bottom line is, everything they do in practice, like they're talking about is clearly pro Ukraine, but yet they just say, well, wink, wink, there's pro Russia stuff there somewhere. I mean, it's, it's that's just some things I plucked out of it, but you can read this whole thing. And it's, it's basically the same discussion, right? So here, Oh, I just include this Casa Pound, an Italian neo-fascist movement and formerly a political party born as a network of far right social centers. Just so it's clear. Now here, before we go to the last couple parts, it's what I think is interesting, just on top of all of that, is that ultimately, this is something that's already, that's been happening pre all of this conversation. And I think this is another example of exactly the same thing. I feel like I, I have missed a point there. No, I, I guess I think I, I might have closed a tab. Before I get past this, the point ultimately was, it's obvious that there is representation of these groups 
around the world in Italy, where we just saw an attack tied to the Azov movement and the fact that pre-war, they were aggressively trying to make it out to be something other than it was. And I think this is an example of that. That's pretty much the connection that we see this guy, Ronaldo Nazaro is the founder of the white supremacy group, the base, which remember the translation of Al Qaeda is literally the base. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. I mean, it's easy to look up that it's crazy to me that they thought that would <laughs> And, and the real point here is this guy is the founder of the group called The Base, in, in otherwise translation is Al-Qaeda. And it says Nazaro ran a security company in the United States that claimed expertise in intelligence, counterterrorism, counterinsurgency, and psychological operations. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security also confirmed that Nazaro worked with the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, between 2004 and 2006. In 2014, Nazaro reportedly worked with the U.S. forces in the Middle East on counterterrorism measures. Nazaro had top secret clearance was among a group that briefed special forces officers in the Middle East on military targeting and the counterterrorism efforts, completed uh, multiple tours of duty in Afghanistan and Iraq. In 2012, Nazaro married a Russian woman in New York City. He and his wife moved to St. Petersburg, Russia, with their children in 2018. After Nazaro posted letters online, allegedly from the DHS and the Pentagon, thanking him for his service, the DHS then confirmed publicly, February 2021, he had employed, been employed with the DHS. Great. So a spook opened up a white supremacy group in Russia, and I swear, I I, I, pro, I s you not, they're blaming, they're pointing at this guy as a Russian entity that is spreading white supremacy around the world. I mean, and it, the only connection to that is that he married a Russian woman, and, and it's based out of Russia, though he moved to Saint well, Peter. okay, but that's like saying that instead of that, that's I mean, that's assuming that you only recruit from your neighborhood and that if you're actually trying to do something terroristy, that you wouldn't recruit in the local population of where you're trying to do the terroristy stuff. That's terrorism 101. Right. I mean, the lowest common denominator. I mean, they look, they're aiming at the people who can't tie their own shoelaces here to be like, oh, it's in Russia. Well, it must be Russia then. Right. I mean, like, don't think past what they're selling you. But your point there applies to everything else we just talked about. You know what I mean? Like literally everything here today. And and it's the same idea. Well, the Azov movement is is Ukraine. It's fighting Russia. But wink, wink, they're actually pro-Russia because, you know, it's like it's falling flat. So all of this ties together with the main point of today about whether the entire argument is simply to create an entity that can draw Russia in, which, by the way, is another part of the tweet that I didn't go into on on this breakdown, you know, where, where they literally argue in this in this this foreign policy uh, article where the CIA entity is the one saying that this was how it was going to go before it started. Exactly. is basically saying the whole goal was to create a quagmire for Russia. To create a situation like Syria where they're overextended and that creates something where, and like that clip I played in the beginning, to create a situation where they're not able to reach some kind of an independence where they then can grow militarily, right? I mean, it's just as transparent as it gets. And then, which, unless you, you have a comment there? No, 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 no. Just bring it to the next point here. And this is tying in the January 6th argument. Right. I mean, I don't want people to miss how obviously connected all of this is. It's very clearly meant to create the illusion that the people that they're blaming here. Now, I I could even go on top of it, argue that the Biden or the U.S. government are just piggybacking on a larger narrative to make it about MAGA. That's possible. But however you look at this, it's the same connected agenda. January 6th was the false flag, failed false flag meant to blame Russia and you using the CIA grown Azov battalion. I mean, that's the movement, but that's the point. So here is really important to understand. And this is just one plucking part of the, we could do an entire show, Steve, about the January 6th thing. And we have and should again, but 
Representative Higgins, did the FBI have confidential human sources on January 6th? All right, this is super important. I don't think I downloaded them and grab it real quick. And have you seen this already? Uh, no, I have not. Then you're, you're, it's, it's pretty frustrating. And so we've already gone over this. And by the way, even in this clip, they say the same thing, like the stuff that we've, he, we've already talked about this. So we know this already. The point is they've already admitted to this. But, and that's why you and I just talked about it. Don't we already know this? Didn't they already say this? Yeah, they did. This has already been admitted to. But here's how he responds now. Does, it, does the FBI have confidential human sources? Uh, did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters on January 6th of 2021? Well, Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when Even are, now, because that's what you I, told us two years finish? ago. Right. May I finish? You already uh, said it. About when we do and do not, and where we have and have not used confidential human sources. Uh, but to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false. Did you have confidential human sources yeah. dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior yeah. to the doors being open? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be a no. Can you not tell the American people? No, we did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol. Gentlemen's time has expired. You should not read anything into my decision uh, not to share information. Director Ray, gentlemen's time has expired. Okay. Okay. So, th- first of all, it's obvious. First, it's how funny this is. So, are you saying then that you broke the rules the first time that you said this then? Like, so you already said it on the record. But now I'm going to go, well, I'm not, not yes or no or don't want to say because of no the rules. OK, so then you broke the rules then. OK, fine. So you admitted it's on the record. We know that. So now you're just refusing to say it again. That's interesting. But what's what's telling? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, maybe I'm going to jump on the same point that, okay. that you're about to go into. Um, but yeah, the Christopher Ray goes, well, the suggestion that they incited it. Right. Started it. That's just preposterous. Well, that's not what he said. He exactly. didn't ask you that. He exactly. didn't ask you that at all. What he asked is if they were behind the door before it opened, and you're not going to answer that. You, you, well, you can't miss this today. And I just, I'm seeing this everywhere. Now, maybe it's always been there, but like the media, the government, they're doing the whole thing where, oh, oh, I know, I know what you're getting at. Like, this is what you meant by that question. Or wink, wink, here's what Putin thinks or what you feel. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, you, so you're just jumping ahead to the point that's in your head. They didn't say that, right? But it was like, so but what's telling about it too is that so like, and I love the reaction, like, how dare you suggest that I would be responsible for that? And it's like, well, have you been before? Yes. Well, okay then. Like, it's, it's just the stupidest, like, as if it's reprehensible. Like, you can't suggest that that doctor would lie about what they're doing today. That's just unbelievable. You know, and that's, again, the lowest comment. They aim at the people that don't understand that that's the stupidest possible response for the FBI to make in a place where they've literally done this countless times. You know, like like as if it's just beyond reproach that you would suggest that they could be, you know, it's it's embarrassing, really. And that's why most Americans can see right through this, especially the right at this point. But he is. He's sitting there going, OK, look, I realize that I have web feet and <laughs> a bill and feathers. But to assume that I am a duck, you know, I mean, right, it's exactly just... right. <laughs> 
Uh, that's perfect. Right. I mean, it's cl- classic phrase. I mean, it's very, it's like, that's the stupid, if it's right in front of you, it's on the nose and you're just like, don't, you know, don't trust your lying eyes. Right. It's the same thing we see everywhere. But so the, the real point though, there is guys, let's, let's understand if you haven't known this already fact, and it's already been proven is the point. They had FBI informants dressed as Trump supporters in there beforehand. And then add that with everything else we know about the lack of, of the turning down support numerous times, Pelosi being involved, her weird thing about if he comes in, I'm going to punch him in the face. Like it was such an obvious play they were playing out, you know, and then the lack of guns, despite the fact that the record and the reporting that they had was that everybody was going to bring guns. And like they were framing the extremist picture they wanted to sell. Think, assuming they were too stupid to not see through the pl- credit to them. They saw it right. Clearly, if there was not a single gun, somebody in the movement was like, don't, you know, Ray Epps speaks up and they're like, fed, fed, fed. Like they saw this. I don't know why it ended up happening in some of those areas. Maybe the, again, maybe because there was more provocateurs than we realized. That's, I think that's the obvious point to make. Well, and I mean, you, you know how mob mentality goes, but they had already yeah, yeah. they had already basically got all of the rowdy people that they were going to get up to the Capitol while Trump was still speaking. Mm-hmm. This is stuff that people completely forget, man. And I was there for it. I know mm-hmm. I watched it and I know how far it is to go from the ellipse to the Capitol on foot. Right. I do. You know, the timeline of all of the all of January 6th is I mean, I went on uh, somebody's show right after they were like, well, what happened? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that I've watched a false flag go down in real time. man. I'm going to check with some other people. I can only speak to what I saw. You know, I don't know what they saw, but I know I know what I saw. We're going to put our heads together when we all get back to our respective homes and try and figure it out. But right now really looks like some op stuff went down. I mean, what else? I mean, not that this proves because this is just a subjective point, but what else do you really need for them to like, they've never faltered worse than nine 11 worse than Pearl Harbor. I mean, my God, like that is, I, I, this is why these people are so out of touch. Like why you thought that would land with people. Even your supporters are like, Whoa, like nobody even died here. Like, even if you want to claim the person that died after the fact and try to scoop that in, it's still, why like it is insulting to the people that actually died in 9-11 or actually died, you know and those were false flags let's be real about this but the point is that they, it's just it's hollow i mean i even go to the point where i'm like do they want us to see through this it's just it's really bad like and like, maybe it's just that they're losing clout i, I don't know but I, they're they've definitely lost the ability to have total control of the narrative, which is why we see the response that we see in all the censorship and whatnot. But yeah. I, it, to, to kind of a, uh, all encompassing point, the DHS memos about domestic terrorism mm-hmm. started right. proliferating around 2015 and 2016. They got really serious between 27 and 2019. Those backed off significantly after January 6th, information terrorism was more of a threat than boots on the ground, domestic terrorism right. post-January 6th. So you can tell that that narrative for four or five years was just to get people used to the idea that that sort of attack was coming. Mm-hmm. And right. then once it fizzled and died, they didn't skip a beat pushing the new one. Right. Exactly. I mean, you, you can see that it was it's I mean, it's it's step by step. I mean, you can literally see how this thing shift. And the main point there is that people, average Americans were then termed as 
the terrorists. And now everything is shifted. I mean, you could even talk point to COVID in that regard and say, you know, the whole effort was turned inward. And by the mm. way, it's always been like that. As we know, the war on terror was directed at the American people from the very beginning. I, that's proven over time. But to, to bring this to a, it's another level, which I do think is very important, is to understand at least in part. Now, I mean, now you could make an argument why this is entirely being driven by outside forces, but nonetheless, provably, it is involving people like the Israeli government. This is a fact. I mean, there's no denying this. And here's an easy example to make pre-invasion. Rights groups demand Israel stop arming neo-Nazis in Ukraine. This is from 2018. A group of more than 40 human rights activists have filed a petition with the High Court of Justice. This is on Haaretz.com. Demanding the cessation of the cessation of Israeli arms exports to Ukraine. Okay, that's interesting. Pre the invasion? Well, what does that show you? They argue that these weapons serve forces that openly espouse a neo-Nazi ideology and cite evidence of that the right-wing Azov militia, whose members are part of Ukraine's armed forces and are supported by the country's Ministry of Internal Affairs, or are, is using these weapons. I mean, it's just, you, you can't miss these things when you patch them together, how obvious this really is, right? And then I, I want to make a point here about what this means in regard to the current elections. Now, we're going to scare some people away here with some, what they might perceive as being anti-Semitic, but really it's not even about Jewish people. This is about the Israeli government, the Zionist-run government that is 100% influencing the outcomes of these elections. Now, you could take that as voting. I don't believe that's what it means. I just don't. I don't believe the voting truly even has an effect today based on all the illusions. Either way, Israel is, in fact, dictating to some degree, whether lobbying or not, what happens in this country. Right. Do you have any thoughts on that before I play this video? Which is I mean, it's just it's unequivocally accurate. And I don't I to further that Kanye did nothing wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, I would argue we talked about this with somebody else that, you know, to frame it as like the Jewish people are in control of something is I, I mean, I don't think that's accurate, yeah. but at the no, same it's time, not. It's not accurate. I don't think he I, he did something, you know, probably stupid. Yeah, but, well, but, the, but the real point, he has a right to say it. Free speech. I mean, there's no yeah. there's no line there. The idea is he believes something he can say it. You know, that, that's, it can be distasteful. It can be disgusting. And you have a right to say that back to him. Right. But free speech is absolute. And I'm tired of trying to defend that, it, you know, the limits and all this garbage people play. That's usually the partisan folks, to be honest. But here here is the important point. Like all that aside, Misty points out Israel controls our politicians and interferes in our elections. It's really not up for debate. And the Libertarian Party says we're getting grilled by stop anti-Semites for saying that Israel controls our politicians and interferes in our elections. Let's ask APAC what they think. Let's see what they have to say. Please welcome Senate Democratic Leader. The Senate Republican Leader. Please welcome Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives. Please welcome Secretary of State. I'm honored to introduce the Vice President of the United States. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. Please welcome back to the apex stage, the Prime Minister of Israel. From day one, Israel found itself in a unique alliance. The alliance between Israel and the United States of America. In the United States, our support for Israel is bipartisan, and that is how it should stay. Our strategic ally, our unbreakable friendship. America is safer when we stand with Israel. Because if you care about American security, you must care about Israel's security. My friends, America and Israel need you more today than ever before. 
May God bless Israel. And may God bless the United States of America. Thank you. Now, I'll be honest, that's even pretty benign compared to plenty of other videos we could play. I just want to play because that's the one that was shared, you know, about them literally standing up in unison and pledging support for Israel pre-election, whether they're elected or not, because they have to say that or they clearly won't get elected. And that's pretty much proven throughout history. So you can debate all day and say that's racist if you want. But the bottom line is these are lobbying groups that are proudly saying we're influencing your outcome because we're lobbying these people. They support what we're doing. Now, you can say that's not wrong. I mean, that's how the system works, but we need to realize that's the system and that's why it's broken. It's pro whether APAC or not, but go ahead. What do you think? Oh, I was just, I was going to say, I, let's just take out the, take out the aim of the lobbying organization in that video. Okay. Mm -hmm. Remove APAC from it entirely and just look at the words that they put on the screen. Right. They're telling you, we are implementing our policy. Our policy. And they brag about that. Israel politicians now, brag about that. Now, that's that that is by their own admission, an unelected body advancing their agenda through lobbying methods, whatever those are. More are they legal? Too, by the way, Technically. But the I, but the fact of the matter is they're openly stating we have an agenda. We're using whatever influence we have on both elected and pre-elected officials in order to implement that agenda. Right. Have a nice day. Right. Right. I mean, and, and that might, if you listen to these politicians speak to these really public, I mean, they outwardly speak about how they influence the government, the, in, the outcome of the U S president, everything. I mean, they brag about this stuff and it's not hard to see at the end of the day. The bottom line is they absolutely do. If you can watch the politicians stand up and do the same people argue, oh, it's because it's an ally and so on, but it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we are watching, as you pointed out, people that have at, uh, here's the best way to put it. Go at any moment. And look up any legislation that's in, in play right now. At any given moment, any number of these, an, an outsized majority of the current legislation from either side of the parties involve Israel. Whether it's a small, uh, oh, they call it a, um, I'm blanking all of a sudden, uh, not runner, but um, shoot. But, uh, I, I, where they insert a piece of legislation into another bill at the last second. Oh, a writer. Writer, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The point yeah, being yeah. that they do that all the time and you'll find whether it's a writer just like a, a completely unrelated bill with like plus money to Israel, you know, or something that's outwardly for Israel. It's a wildly oversight. At the time I looked it up, that was years ago. It was more than 50% of any given legislation at any moment that's an act is literally involving Israel. There's no way that makes sense. Anyway, the point is to understand that the overlap with what we're talking about today and what's happening in Ukraine and the fact that the Israeli government's been arming the same people pre the invasion and how they're influencing all these things we're talking about. I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, undeniable now to go forward to finish i want to talk about the last two a couple overlaps of foreign policy the only things not really tied to the story today or maybe they are right in this in their own right istanbul six dead dozens wounded in turkey explosion and then we've got the clip of him speaking turkish interior minister from combo couch by the way on attack in istanbul quote we know how this event was coordinated we know where this is coordinated from. We know the message given to us. We do not accept the condolences of the American ambassador. We reject them. That's pretty obvious. What do you think? I mean, he all oh, but yeah. he, he, he all but said, "We know you did this. It's yeah. your fault." Right. So, so that, I think that's clear. First, it's clear that he thinks that. So, what do you think that means if that's what happened? 
Well, I it means that Turkey has possibly made a decision about whether or not they're going to align with the BRICS nations. Right, um, right. Oh, it, many other decisions I've seen that they challenge the. I mean, working with. I mean, everywhere foreign policy, it seems Turkey is kind of doing its own thing, and they never point it out. It's interesting. When Syria. this bomb went off, I said that the Turkey has kind of been all sidesing every, you yeah. know, all of the conflict, and that eventually somebody was going to try and nudge them, and that I wouldn't be surprised if more of these happened in like six hours after they announced the uh, Polish russian missile attack another bomb went off in turkey yeah right. and i mean it's and, going and it, to continue to happen but this is if turkey doesn't do what the cia tells them to do then they're going to find themselves in the middle of their own little russia ukraine thing there's a little regime change right and then and then to your point before that overlaps with the the italian discussion too Maybe that's the same kind of thing happening. Like they're trying to drive their hand in some way by saying, oh, we'll, we'll plant Nazis in your country and pretend that you're a Nazi if you if you dare push back on the agenda. I mean, these are we're just guessing into the wind, but these are valid possibilities. And I, I completely agree with your assessment. I mean, it's obvious that Turkey kind of bucks, bucks, flouts the rules here and there, you know, doesn't really break them. It kind of just bends. That's what not, I mean, in Syria, they basically challenged the entire narrative. I mean, they, they were fighting the group that ultimately the U.S. was backing. So at the end of the day, you can see that they're pushing against the narrative. And I just think I agree with you. I think this is meant to say, well, you can't do that. You got to get in line right now on, on the Iranian part of this. I thought this was just interesting inclusion. They're all, this all interconnected in lots of different ways, but this is just its own point for foreign policy. Apparently not improvably the whole 15,000 protesters put to death. I don't know if you saw that yes. was a lie. It was an absolute lie from the human rights activist news agency, the media arm of the human rights activists in Iran, a group that receives money from the NED. Shocking. I know that's where the that's where the information came from. A CIA soft power front that has for decades funded regime change efforts across the globe. Now, this is just a fact check by the cradle. Iran has not sent this 15,000 protesters to death. Now, first, people might go, oh, well, the cradle, fake news, whatever. Right. Except that Justin Trudeau already deleted his tweet that said that because it's pretty obviously false, uh, even in mainstream circles. Just this perfectly kind of ties the bow on the Ukraine kind of thing. These people are ridiculous. They share anything they want to that aligns with their narrative. And they, my point was, would he, would he even have deleted this had it not been shown to be false? Did he even care? Because it just aligned with the Iranian narrative he wanted to spread. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a reporter who used to work for RT America uh, named Morgan Archikina who wrote a pretty quick, like, thorough fact check of this too i i tweeted it out the, yesterday or something nice. um but the, the yeah the 15k number totally fabricated they do they have even al jazeera has reported that there's up to a thousand people that have been detained there was a letter that the iranian parliament some of the people signed on to but a letter doesn't equal legislation the iranian mm -hmm. parliament has no judicial authority they have no police authority. They can't order the deaths of people. Well, and, and on top of that, I mean, they're, they're, there's an interesting caveat to this in general. Like, not, first of all, it's clear that they did not do that. Even going back to the woman 
where they argue she was killed and tortured in that's that's never been proven in fact it's just most of the evidence suggests she wasn't beat up at all but she had a cardiac arrest which you know we can get into that in its own right for plenty of things happening today but at the end of the mm-hmm. day that that's doesn't line up and so that was very quickly put to bed by even the people that were organically protesting and now it becomes this cia-led kurdish-led entity that even iranians are like that's not organic right so th- the end of the day I do believe people are being arrested and a lot of them are burning police alive in the streets. Right. But there's also people that are probably still involved, like any other protest. Are you pointed out people that just get involved because it's momentum and they're, they're herd followers. But either way, I, th- th- it's being shown that the narrative there's like, if, if this was actually kind of even remotely what was happening, why would they need to make things up? I mean, that's an easy yeah. thing to consider. That doesn't prove anything, but it just shows you that these people are so desperately trying to make their narrative the case. It suggests that the opposite is true. But question everything. I, I just think this is embarrassing and ties to back to them sh- sharing the Ukraine narrative like everything else. Oh, that's that shouldn't be here. <laughs> that's for, no. I forgot to pull that one down. Well, I'll just jump to the next one. I'll deal with it later. But to finish off, I wanted to. Oh, that's what I did. I grabbed the wrong one. Oh, well, well, there, there was a tweet I had right over here. If I can just grab it real quick before we finish. Let me see. Yeah, it's this okay. one. Okay, and then I do gotta, I do gotta skedaddle. I gotta go. Oh yeah, no, you could take off whenever you, whenever oh, you do. Okay. I'm sorry. I, no, I, know sorry. I, I mean, we're we're on our we're we're on the way. This we're, is it. This know. is it. This is the end of it. <laughs> on the wind so, down. Everybody, give Steve a hand for sticking around for a full three hour T left show. <laughs> so I have my, you know, three hours is about my speed, brother. Right, right. No, I, yeah, you guys do the same thing. I love it. Well, this is a lot. This isn't even related. I just thought this was interesting. I just said this is what it looks like to break your own platform to censor the truth. How pathetic. YouTube broke itself. YouTube marks the official World Government Summit video about a new world order as spreading a conspiracy theory. (laughs) I love this reality. This is, look, it's right there. This is them. This is their actual headline from the World Government Summit. Are we ready for a new world order? (laughs) The new world order is a conspiracy theory. (laughs) It's like, my God, like these people, I've lost them. They've broken themselves because you're not allowed to say what they're now saying. Like this is the logical conclusion essentially of them hiding what is actually happening, even though it's now coming to pass. (laughs) It's just obvious and hilarious to me. No, this, I mean, we got, we got the QAnon context warning slapped on our YouTube videos for videos that we were doing, breaking down how the QAnon thing was a psyop. Exactly. I mean, they've broken themselves and I'll give credit to Corbett for framing that. It's hilarious to me. But since you got to go, the last point here is just to play this video and really, you know, we can skip it. I'll play it on the next show just since it's got a few minutes. But the point is, it's a great little montage of he says how the U.S. corporate media and state propaganda advanced ruling class interest at home and abroad. And I'll, I'll leave it in there for you guys to check out for yourself. It's, a, it's kind of a cheeky little montage of of breaking down how they manipulate everything. And we just showed it today in, in technicolor, the idea that they basically just sell their own narratives to themselves, pick it up and say, here's the information. And you know what I mean? They lie to you in every possible way. And I, I hope that people that watch this understand how clear this really is and understand that the information at the very least is not there. And they're telling you what they want you to think anyway. I hope everybody can see this th- through this like we can. Thank you for tuning, uh, being here with me today, Steve. I really enjoyed it. And we should do this again. Heck yeah, dude. We should do this often. Yeah. Um, I appreciate it. And I appreciate the opportunity to come on, talk to talk to the T-Lab audience. You guys are awesome. Yeah. And make sure you guys check out AM Wake Up, Convo Couch, and uh, Slow News Day, and everything else are involved in doing great work over there, guys. So I appreciate it. Heck yeah. All right. Well, I'll leave you guys today. Thank you all for being here. As always, keep doing what you're doing. Keep sharing the information. Keep fighting for the truth. Question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.